Geek Out Loud is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash geekout. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player of your choice. Audibletrial.com slash geekout. Help us out, guys. Come on. Come on, help us out. episode of geek out loud we take a look back in a very special pass the corn episode a look back at 2015 and we plunge into the future on your safe place to geek out this is the geek out loud podcast again everyone and welcome to geek out loud your safe place to geek out on the internet my name is steve glosson and i am extremely excited and happy to be along with each and every one of you yes even you you know who i'm talking to uh i say safe place to geek out and at the top of the show i want to explain something really quickly safe place to geek out means that if we have differing opinions that's fine that's fine that's okay. We, if we can talk about them intelligently and discuss them reasonably and rationally, that's great. Different opinions don't have to divide people unless you like Star Trek or Twilight. That's the rules. That's the only rules of Geek Out Loud. That's it. That's all we got. Um, I say that in response to some people who have taken me to task via the emails and, uh, and some via the Twitter about my views of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Well, get your hands on or off the home keys, ladies and gentlemen, because there's more to come. Uh, at the end of our show, I'm going to tack on a very special uh, piece of an episode that was recorded uh, out in Austin, Texas, literally 24 hours after we'd seen uh, our first showing and about six hours after we saw our second showing of uh, The Force Awakens. It's going to be myself, Teresa Delgado from Disney Vault Talking Rebel Yell, and Riley and Bethany Blanton, the kids from Star Wars Report, as, along with producer Lori Moya, who, <laughs> who was passing us notes and getting us information as we were uh, literally sitting around a round table uh, recording our thoughts about The Force Awakens. So stick around for that after uh, we're through here. But what we've got going on in the episode proper is uh, good old-fashioned pass the corn. And to do that, of course, you got to have my brother from another mother. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, he is on location. He's away from from the train. And I don't know how we're going to handle this. Please welcome, as always, to the show, the Pass the Corn shows, Eric Chernovice. What's up, brother? What's up, Steve? Good to have you along, man. 
Thanks, man. Um, so no train, but you may hear the bounding footsteps of my seven-year-old nephew. Is he going to try to bust in on the action tonight? We're down in the uh, in the, the finished basement, and uh, he's upstairs above us. And oh, okay. I didn't you, may know hear, you may hear a boom, 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 boom go by, and that's that's the boy. I didn't know if maybe there was the possibility of a cage match live on Geek Out Loud. We uh, could probably arrange that. All I have to do is get him down here and uh, you know wrestle me or, or Ethan. Well, that's what I was with our with our next guest, who uh, we're proud to bring back. He was here in our mashup episode, blowing our minds with his creativity as it pertains to mashups. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he's the nephew of my brother from another mother, which makes him my nephew from another mother. I don't know. Please welcome back to the show. Sitting in view of Erish is Big Ethan. What's up, Ethan? Hello, hello. Thanks for having me back. Man, I'm excited to have you back. You you blew our minds last time with some with some information and some ideas. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't have to tell you. You were here. You remember? You were here. I I'm very quiet sometimes. So well. Listen, I'm glad to have you on, buddy. We always have a good time with you, and uh, and me and you might end up in a cage match. All right. So we. <laughs> I'd like to see that happen. You know, you never know. I might have to break out my old wrestling persona. It's actually the the seven year old that you have to worry about. Oh yeah. Well, do I have to? He, he he's the tough little one in the family. Mm. Well, I get out the bionic elbow if you will, baby. Oh, he'll choke you out. He'll put you to sleep. Oh, oh yeah? Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. <laughs> He's vicious. <laughs> He's vicious. Nice. Well, guys, it's it's time. It's it's past the corn time. the core. Erish, the next time we're actually able to be together in person, we need to film ourselves like in old 70s blazers, you know, detective cop detective, yes. you know, outfits running around and, you know, having donuts and such as and, and make a video with that being our theme music. Just do like a 70s style opening credits. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Guys, we're going to be, uh, for this episode, as we said, we're going to be looking back uh, at uh, the movies that we saw over the past year. I was surprised at how few I have actually seen. And uh, as we look back, um, we're going to talk about maybe some things that disappointed us a little bit. Uh, but mostly what we loved, what was our, what were our favorite movies uh, coming out of 2015? Everyone loves lists, so we've put together a little list for you, the listener, the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe, the Goliverse listener. Um, and this look back is brought to you by Looking Good, courtesy of the Tee Public Store at geekoutpodcast.com. Just go over there and click on uh, the Goliverse Tee Public Store, and that'll take you to a, to a Tee Public page where there have been a, a slew of shirts that have been chosen uh, that have to do with topics we talk about all the time here on all the different Goliverse shows. And if you purchase some of those every little bit, it, it kicks back uh, to us and helps the shows out. Or you can get your own Goliverse shirts by heading over to geekoutonline.com slash shirts. Continue to check back there often as 2016 will bring more designs, including, we're hoping, the infamous and elusive Pass the Corn 
t-shirt. So we'll try to have those up and ready before con season gets going so that when Eris is traveling to all the cons with Del Rey, you can walk up to the Del Rey booth in your Pass the Corn t-shirt. That and, uh, would be amazing. And get some special treatment from Eris and the Del Rey guys. So... Um, so guys, as we look back, you know, obviously anytime you, you step into a theater, you're stepping into a minefield because, you know, all we have is promotion and marketing to go on. And we, and this year, a lot of nostalgia and some sequel hype and some, you know, and some continuing of the universe hype and that sort of thing. But, um, as we, as we rolled into the theaters, you know, I know there was some stuff we were looking forward to. Let's go ahead and get our disappointments out of the way. Ethan, uh, what was something you saw this this year that you were kind of disappointed with? Well, I only had one on mm-hmm. my list. Right. My disappointment was Minions. Hmm. Like, it was okay. They had some funny parts on the boat with the banana and stuff, but the main part of the movie was it's supposed to be an origin story. Right. But it wasn't an origin story. Like, they didn't say where the language comes from. They didn't say if Minions have genders. They didn't say why they have goggles. Lots of things were unanswered. Oh, wow. So you were looking for all the answers to the mysterious minions and their lifestyle, and you didn't get that, and you were a little bit uh, disappointed in, in such a thing. Yeah, not exactly all the answers, but I think the only thing they answered was how they got their clothes. Oh, how did they get their clothes? I think they just found them in some mall. <laughs> no. The clothes were hanging from a building, and they accidentally fell into them. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it, it, I guess that works that they would just steal clothes, basically, for all intents and purposes. So yeah. this, this disappoints me that, that it made his disappointment list. Cause right. If you, re, if you recall, like back at the beginning of the summer, Minions was one of the top five movies that I was looking forward to seeing over the summer. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I just was not able to get around to seeing it. But mm-hmm. you know, it's still on that list of oh, I got to see this movie, and it's on on demand now and stuff. So I've been looking forward to seeing it and to hear Ethan, whose opinion I respect, although he doesn't necessarily respect my opinion most of the time <laughs> when it comes to movies. <laughs> I'm constantly. Every time I'm like, oh, you guys would like this. They're like, that's what you said about Uncle Buck. I did not like Uncle Buck. That's what you said about Goonies. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Ethan, you didn't. Goonies was okay, but you lost me at Uncle Buck. Oh, man. Uh, Guys, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. If you can get a little bit further apart, I'm picking each of you up on each other's mic. Um, All right. So, um, but yeah, dude, uh, Ethan, you didn't like Uncle Buck? The only part I liked about Uncle Buck were the giant pancakes. Oh, man. I, I chuckled at that. Oh, you chuckled at that. Oh, well, bless your heart for chuckling. You didn't like yeah. the Goonies? I actually thought I liked Goonies. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Eric was thinking. I like Goonies. Okay. There's, there's a He could probably give you a list of movies that I've watched with them that I'm like, you guys are going to love this movie, and... They just wound up looking at me like I had two heads when it was. Showed nice, me Terminator so. too, so that was good. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, Eris, you what was uh, um, what what hit your disappointment list here? I I gotta say my disappointment until you know just the other day was the highest grossing movie of the year, mm. and that was uh, Jurassic World. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that 
you know, my disappointment was kind of twofold. One that like, you know, everybody on the planet went to see it uh, uh, and wound up seeing the probably the lesser of all the Jurassic Park movies. And two, like, you know, it's a new Jurassic Park movie. I was like crazy excited for this mm-hmm. and uh, just really let down by, I mean, the dinosaurs were awesome, but it was all the humans in the movie that I, just, I didn't like. Yeah, that older brother. Oh, yeah, that older brother just needed to get eaten or I something. I wanted him to be eaten Exactly. <laughs> you know, but there, there, was no, there was no Ian Malcolm, no, no Dr. Grant, you know, those characters we love from the original movie, you know, and, and the second and the third movie that this one uh, just, I could do without ever seeing any of the human characters in, in this movie again. Yeah. Chris Pratt was good, but he was basically playing the cool Chris Pratt. Yeah, so, it was, but it, now, just, now it was a different Chris Pratt than we've seen in in a movie before. It was, but there wasn't anything to me uniquely special about that character. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I you know, so I being the big juggernaut movie of the year and stuff, you know, I just wish it had been a better movie. Well, I wasn't looking too interested in walk. I wasn't too interested before the movie anyway, so. Oh, well, one too interested in dinosaurs. In uh... huh. dinosaurs, Steve. <laughs> dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Um, I uh, I think I was a little bit kinder to Jurassic World than you were, Erish, but I think I fall on the same side because I've not rushed to get it on Blu-ray. I haven't really cared to watch it again. Um, it really felt to me like I, I had seen everything um, that the movie gave us, not necessarily in the trailers, but just in the prior movies. Uh, You know, other than a raptor riding on the back of a Tyrannosaurus Rex, which was pretty cool, you know, we'd we'd seen, you know, we'd seen the story. It's hard to do the same story over again. It's almost like the old Jaws movies. It's hard to do, to make a shark attack story different, you know? So you've got to go to the, uh, to the water park and then you've got to make it personal. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was an interesting approach that you know yeah but I thought that I, I liked the idea of this was actually the big amusement park finally opening mm-hmm. you know I thought that there was there was all kinds of a possibility for stuff in there and there was some great cool scenes the, just my big problem with the mu- movie was all the attention they put into the dinosaurs and some of the action set pieces and stuff, they didn't put any of that into actually developing characters that any of us yeah, cared about. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. It's, um, it, so. yeah, so I, I, you know, and I tend to agree with you that, that they, that we lost the, we lost a little bit of the humanity of the, uh, of, of the first three, um, right. in that. So, <clears throat> that's y'all's disappointments. Get 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 your emails ready, folks. Yeah, get your fingers on the home keys. Um, start start writing your tweeters, and sending your your text <laughs> mails to him. Here we go. You're about to encu- you're about to encounter part one of schizophrenia, Steve. Tonight, uh, I was disappointed with the Force Awakens. That was probably one of my bigger disappointments of the year. Um, and and my emotions are still after four viewings, still a little mixed on it. Uh, I, I am, 
uh, and part of it comes down to some of the reaction of, of fans who are using the lifting up of this movie to further knock the prequels. Um, and I don't appreciate that. I don't like that. And so there's a little bit of me that kicks back to that. And I, and I try to hold that back. But I still, right. I, 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 the more I've thought about, spoiler alert, everyone uh, who hasn't at this point seen The Force Awakens, um, the more I think about the death of Han Solo, the more it just saddens me and not in a good way because I, I, I just wonder if they could have held off until the second movie. I'm okay with that character having to die at some point, but I would have really liked them to somehow figure out a way for him to keep on and uh, to at least get he and Luke and Leia all on the screen at the same time again. Um, you know, and then there are the other little quibbles and criticisms I had of it, but it just, I, I did not have the huge emotional response that I was hoping to as the, as the buildup came and as everything came. But now having said that, I've been back to see this movie four times. I'm going again this weekend, you know, so, um, right. I, I'm continuing to go. So see obviously it. there's things that you like about it. There's, there's things that I love, you know, um, yeah. but it's, it's just a matter of that. I can't. With everything else that I saw, and, and it really, honestly, you know, full disclosure, I didn't get out to the movies as much as I would have liked to this year. But um, with everything else that I saw, this was the one that just kind of, because I, you know, more than I realized, my expectations must have been really high. And and because of that, they were a li- I was a little let down and um, and still trying to get used to Star Wars in hands other than the hands of George Lucas, I guess. So, so out of the seven right. movies, like, where would you rank this one? That's a that's a good question. Um, I've heard a lot of people saying they put it up there with Empire, and I don't. I don't put it up there with the original trilogy anywhere up there with the original trilogy. I don't. Hmm. I, I think I like Revenge of the Sith better, um, and so it may hang down there around for me with Episode One, which I like better than episode two so it's it's you know down there in the bottom bottom half wow yeah i know right wow (laughs) listen i'm even wanting to email myself right now and tell me how stupid i am so no no you have a point i i don't think you are though and and i think that i think you said it yourself in that your expectation level was so high for this movie that i feel like and I feel like this is the case with a lot of people. You know, we're we're talking, you know, we're talking a fandom that, in some cases, you know, is almost forty years old. For those of us who saw A New Hope when we were just wee little ones, right? And you know, for others, it's less. But th- this fandom is deep, and it's personal, and it's part of us, and it's it's part of who we are. It's part of our childhoods. It's part of our families. You know, there are folks naming their children after characters from these movies. It's a really, really deeply personal felt fandom for this. Mm-hmm. And I think that all of us, from one degree to another, carried heavy expectations into this movie. And in some ways, it's almost impossible for the movie to meet all those expectations. You know, I think... Right. I, I think for, for some, it did. It met most of them. It met enough that, you know, they could say they loved it. Others were able to look at it with just fresh eyes and allow it to just be what it was, you know. And, and then there's there's folks like you who, who 
you know, you you it obviously didn't meet the expectations that you had in your head for parts of it. And I think that that is completely fair of all of us to come out with our own opinions on it like that. And it's completely unfair for others to criticize, you know, somebody for expressing their opinion about whether they like this or not and whether it met their expectations or not. Like That's not what fandom is about, is knocking each other down. It's like, you know, okay, fine, you may not have liked parts of this movie that others like, but you clearly loved parts of it, so let's focus on the parts that you loved and talk about those. Right, right, and that's you know, and that's what I've tried of, to. Oh, I can't believe I can't believe you didn't like this, or you don't know what you're talking about, or this was so much better than the prequels, man, or whatever. It's yeah, in your opinion, it may be, but that's not his opinion or my opinion or this person's opinion, and we should all be allowed to just simply have our own opinions and there is no right way to look at this right and interestingly enough it may not be george lucas's opinion so yeah <laughs> but that's a that's a topic for a different time well instead of uh cursing the darkness as one podcasters uh enjoy saying let's light a candle and talk about what we loved uh, this year, what we really enjoyed this year at the old cinemas when we when we when the when the lights dimmed and the projector fired up what uh what were our top five this year? Ethan hit me with your number five, sir My number five was ant man mm-hmm. I think there's been twelve Marvel movies, and I'd put this one at fifth or fourth favorite because unlike the other Marvel movies, this takes it down to the local level, like a city, unlike the others, where it's a floating piece of land in the sky from Avengers 2. Mm. But, yeah, it was a lot funnier than I thought it would be. It surpassed my expectations, so, yeah. Yeah, I dug Ant-Man. It was my favorite superhero movie this year. Um, yeah. Out of the three that came out, so so I'm I'm with you on there, Arish. Number five for you. Well, and again with with Ant Man, like I think for a lot of us, we're going into it. And so we went in, and we saw it, and walked out like having really enjoyed the movie. So I, I, I definitely Ant Man was high on my list too. Yeah. I, you know, it's not my top five here, but I definitely enjoyed that one. Yeah. You keep breaking up real um, bad, Eric. Sorry, I'm gonna. Huh? You keep breaking up really bad. On on the old yeah. Skype. Yeah. <laughs> Should we separate more? Well, it's it's not because of that. It's is because, it because of the Skype. Because we're so close. No, I think it's because of the Skype. I am picking up a lot of echo when Ethan talks, but uh, but in in the Skype, the Skype is just is is breaking up on you, and I don't know if it's uh, your internet connection. Or um, it might be the internet connection. It's not the best in the house. Yeah. Well, you keep coming in like you'll come in and out. Like right now, you're perfectly crystal clear. So, okay, then let me jump into mine real quick. Yeah. So hit your number five, bro. All right, I'm going with uh, McFarland USA. As your number five? Is my number five? Yep. Okay. And, and I gotta preface this in that my favorite when, when I look back at the year and look at like the favorite movies, they're not necessarily like you know, movies that are going to win an Oscar or make critics top 10 list. They're just movies that like just make me feel good and make me happy. And it's something that I want to watch again. It's something that if I'm flipping to the 
channels and I come across it, I'm going to linger on it for at least five or ten minutes or, you know, a movie that has a scene in it that I particularly love. You know, a perfect example is Chef. Mm -hmm. Chef is one of those movies that I just absolutely love and it's like kryptonite to me. So that was like my favorite movie of 2014. Yeah. Um, um, So these are the kind of movies that, and I mean, some of them might be big blockbusters on this list or whatever, but for me, McFarlane USA, there's a, one. I'm a sucker for Kevin Costner. Oh yeah. One of these days, we'll we'll do a Kevin Costner show. <laughs> I love Kevin Costner sports movies, so it's like check two boxes on the list. It's just a really heartwarming, uplifting story. It's a true story, which makes it even more amazing. This movie just worked for me on so many different levels. Um, and in a way, it was like it was a little piece of Americana that I wasn't familiar with, that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. So, so while the story is simple and one that we've seen, you know, it was it was it was a new look on it. And also it was I took the boys mm-hmm. to see this in the movie theater and it was something that we all all enjoyed. It was something that I could take all three boys yeah. to the movies and see and not have to worry about content or well, anything really like good, that. Feel good movies. Yeah, so this is one. I've seen this thing four or five times now. Yeah. What, you did? Yeah, because I watched it on a plane. <laughs> oh. I, I, it's been on cable. I've seen it on cable a few times. Let's see, like, wait, so, you saw this again? Yeah, I and wouldn't again. watch the movie four or five times, but it definitely is good. Okay. I didn't so see that, it. This is the soccer movie, right? No, this is the, uh, the runners. Okay. This is the one that our friend Teresa really liked. Yeah, yeah. This was a Disney flick, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But really, really good. Okay. Well, so. my number five is the one that uh, that Ethan kind of poo-pooed a little bit just a minute ago, and that's Avengers: Age of Ultron. Um, I listen. I'm a sucker for put these superheroes on screen and let them do their thing, and that's what Avengers: Age of Ultron did. The you, I, as I said in in my initial review way back, you know, in the summer, you could definitely see weed and fatigue in this movie. Um, you know, he he talked extensively in interviews and everything about how hard it was to write for these characters and so many characters and and to try to keep all the all the different pieces going and all the balls juggled and everything. But um but at the end of the day, uh, you know, we got to see the Hulk smash, we got to see Captain America do cool stuff, we got to see that uh Hulkbuster versus I versus Hulk uh fight, you know, Wakanda was in there. The vision, the birth of the vision was really we got cool. to see vision. Yeah. Yes. You know, so there was a lot that was really cool about this movie to me and it and it just it stays up there for me as one of my top five. Having remembering now that I didn't really get out to the theaters that much this year. Right. But uh but it's definitely up there for me. I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this one too. I, I actually just watched this one again a few weeks ago and on demand and liked it just as much the second time around as I did the first time. Yeah. I thought it was okay. The trailers gave the Hulk versus Iron Man fight away, but it was still good. Yeah. I wish they hadn't have done that, by the way, Ethan. I really yeah. wish it you know, because with Avengers, they didn't give away the fact that the Hulk and Thor fought in the middle of that movie. Mm-hmm. And that was a just sit up and cheer moment for me when when Hulk and Thor started going at it. And so if if they wouldn't have given up the Iron Man Hulk fight, I would have really love that moment a lot more but there was so much great to love in that movie i've got a friend who's got a a kid that's five years old and for christmas i gave him he's got these uh avengers towers play sets 
that they can stack on top of each other. Right. And I gave him uh, Bruce's lab, and, and so it comes with the Hulkbuster armor and the Hulk. Nice. And so he pulled him out, and he was putting the thing together, and, and he started playing with him, and he just takes the Iron Man, man and he starts bashing Hulk with He's like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so Awesome. Great movie. Eris, let's hit your number four. Uh, actually, I think it's Ethan's number four. All right. Well, I had Mad Max Fury Road for my number four. This was probably the most epic movie of the year, not a... It had an okay plot, but it was just, it had great fight scenes, great car chases. It was not as brutal as I thought it would be. It didn't have a lot of adver- advertisement, but it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this is one I didn't get out to see, um, but I've heard nothing but positive about this. Directed by, Ethan, you ready for this? A 70-year-old man directed this movie. The guy who directed Happy Feet. That's in the <laughs> and Babe. <laughs> yeah. Well, Babe Two. He directed no, babe, babe Two and Babe Two. He was a producer on Babe. I thought he directed oh. Babe. I've two. had this conversation with people. Oh, okay. It's, it's one of those. Uh, no, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he was a producer on Babe, and when it All and right. when it made the money, it did. He said, "Well, I'll take Babe Two." Uh, stand yeah. corrected. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, man, it is. Uh, it's. I haven't seen it, Erish. I know that this is. It was. The, it's number three on my list. Yeah. And, and Steve, when you see it, see it on the biggest TV you possibly can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This this isn't something that that should be watched on a tiny screen. Okay. I mean, just the the action sequences, the the guys coming in on the on, like the the crazy poles and stuff. The pole mm-hmm. cats, I think they call them. Yeah, it's just it, it's insane. You want this thing big. You want this thing to take you over for an hour and a half. Is this movie just one big action set piece? Yes. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's and, got a little brief respite here or there, but for the most part, it's just them going from point A to point B back to point A again and the mayhem that happens along the way. And we're OK with that because oh, it, it's it, what we want to see. It's like. It's what makes The Road Warrior 20 years later still such an mm-hmm. amazing movie. Yeah, it speaks with visuals, not dialogue, really. Oh, oh. <laughs> Listen, not yet, a lot of dialogue. Yet another movie where Tom Hardy is obscured by something like covering his face. Yeah. Where, you know, it makes him hard. I, I don't know what it is with, that he just, almost everything he's cast in, it's like they have to obscure his voice somehow. Well, I really wanted to try it one more time. Exactly. I, 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 just, I enjoyed speaking behind a mask and I act with my eyes. I yeah. I just feel like it's a... It's a and Charlize Theron yeah. is amazing yeah, in this thing. It's a talent. <laughs> she... Very well, could get nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress. You think so? Uh, you know what? I I think that this movie could be nominated for Best Picture too. I think that really this fall this fall yeah. season, a lot of the big expected Oscar pictures have kind of fizzled. Mm. You know, a lot of the things that you know people were banking on to be awards contenders haven't performed, and that's opened the door. Especially with this, this movie's making top ten lists. This movie is, you know, it's hitting the DVD and Blu-ray and on-demand circuit, so it's fresh in people's minds again. 
I think that this could be a surprise contender come Oscar nominations. Hmm. That, I mean, it would it would be a surprise to me. But uh, but like I say, I've heard nothing but good about it. What was your number four, Eric? Uh, my number four is a little movie that with a big cast that not a lot of people have probably seen before. Um, it's a movie called Danny Collins, mm-hmm. uh, starring Al Pacino, Annette Bening, Ooh, uh. Jennifer Garner, Bobby Cannavale, and a bunch of other people. Um, it is based on a true story. Um, a rock star who, 40 years after the fact, discovered a letter written to him by John Lennon. Um, and upon receiving this letter, like how it changed his life. Now, this is a little bit Hollywoodized version of that. Al Pacino plays sort of a Neil Diamondish, Tom Jones kind of, you know, heart, heartthrob to the older set kind of pop star um, who, you know, he plays like his kind of Vegas shows and stuff. And for his birthday, his manager found this letter that was written to him when he was a young man by, by John Lennon. And he re and he was, he idolized John Lennon and he'd done an interview at the very beginning of his career with Rolling Stone magazine like just saying that I, you know, I, I wish I could have like five minutes to sit down and talk to John Lennon or something. And Lennon basically wrote to him. It was like, I'd love to talk to you. I love what you're doing with your music. Here's my phone number. Give me a call. Mm. And then he discovers this letter 40 years later oh. and is blown away by it and just decides to change his life, decides, you know, to stop, you know, living the way he is and stuff. And he, uh, he goes back to New Jersey, checks into like a local Holiday Inn. Uh, Annette Benning plays the manager of the hotel. And the reason why he's checking into the Holiday Inn is that he wants to reconnect with his long-lost son hmm. who lives in the area. And it's just it's this kind of just heartwarming little character piece. And great performances across the board by everybody. Um, I saw it on On Demand. It played in a few theaters around the country. Saw it on On Demand and just really loved it. And it's a fantastic, fantastic performance by Pacino. Ooh, uh, you know, just the flair and stuff that he has in it. He plays this like you could totally see him as being like this, you know, aged pop star. It's not one of the Pacino yelling roles that he's had a lot lately. Um, just this is the kind of stuff that you, you want to see him doing more of. So I really dug this movie. Yeah, I, I remember talking about it and, and looking forward to it. I haven't had a chance to, again, see it again. I'll probably have to check it out on demand. I love little pieces like that, though. You know, those are those are movies that I like to watch on a Sunday afternoon. And just the history that this really happened to this guy. And, wow. and I forget, you know, at the end, you in the end credits, you see the musician and find out who the guy really was. And he played in a couple famous bands here or there, I think. Mm. But um, just I was fascinated by that whole aspect of it. That would be like me missing an email from George Lucas, him saying, I really like Basically, the podcast. Uh, yeah, Steve, I love Geek uh, Out Loud. I'd uh, like to be on the show. Call Geek me. Out Loud's my favorite. <laughs> Call me. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to talk Star Wars. Um, but, I want to talk Red Tails and talk- the, the, the little sign scientific experimental movies I oh d- dude did you see him on the red carpet when these when the dude was like i can't wait to see that and he's like you won't see him you <laughs> they're just for my friends yes so well, bless his he's heart. earned that right he's got his four billion yeah 
Um, Disney's got the quarter that they spent for it back already. So, so my number four, I, I chose because I've not. I want to make clear, I've not even sat and completely engrossed myself in this movie. I was engaged in conversation with friends while their kids were watching this movie, and I was in and out of it. But there was a moment that so just broke my heart and got in in front of my friends, in front of my grown-up friends, I had to compose myself. And I'm talking about Inside Out. Oh, yeah, I have that at three. Uh, Pixar just, uh, in a movie that should not be even, I don't know, I don't even know how you do this in a feature-length movie. I mean, it feels like it, the the premise feels like it's geared more toward like a short, but they do a feature-length animated film about the emotions and, and the story of this little girl and her family as they move, and she starts to grow up, and... And discovering that you know you sometimes you can't have the happy memories without getting to through the sad stuff first, and and how you know all these things work together, and and the whole deconstruction of your of your islands of personality as you grow up, and how you change and grow, and you've got to be okay with that. But oh, the moment where Bing Bong just um, when Joy had to leave Bing Bong. Oh gosh. That got me too, dude. I was watching it, and like I say, I was sitting around a table watching, just hanging with some friends, and their kids were watching it over my shoulder, and I kept kind of just going in and out, and I knew I was following it enough to know what was going on. And when he just drops out of the wagon, I'm like, guys, did y'all just see that? What are they doing? And and they're like, what happened? I'm like, he sacrificed himself so that so that she could have joy, and I, <laughs> I was like getting freaking choked up over a pink elephant dolphin thingy. Yeah. Oh, so you had it at number three, Ethan. Yeah, I had inside out at number three. Oh wow! So you, 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 and you, and you're willing to admit right now, as a young man, that that moment got to you in the theater when you watched this movie. Yeah, even though I couldn't really relate as much because I, I never moved in my life, mm-hmm. it still got me. I, some parts were relatable, some parts weren't. I think it's a good movie for kids and parents. Yeah, oh, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it's it's a dude. I'm telling you, it it's it's all it, it's really all about growing up and what it is to grow up, and and we can all relate to that on some level, no matter what age we are, because we've all had to mature a little bit at least. So, Eric, you didn't I'm, like the Inside I'm, Out. I'm the one percent that was like, eh. <laughs> yeah, you didn't like it, Eric. Heartless bastard. <laughs> Joy just annoyed me. Everything mm. went wrong in that movie because Joy was just completely selfish. Hmm. But isn't that kind of the thing? Like we really try to hang on to happiness too tightly sometimes and don't allow ourselves to feel other emotions. I see, I just, and I, I've thought about this. I've done a podcast with the fangirls about this and stuff, and. I, I don't know. Just the movie did not work to me. I didn't mm. see what everybody else is seeing in this. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it just it, it and and not just story wise. I thought that visually it was it was kind of blah. Hmm. Like you're inside this child's head. It's open to all this crazy imagination and stuff. And I just thought it was just very empty and void. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um. But yeah, so the the movie just I love Pixar and you know I'm happy to see that this movie did so well for them and really registered with so many people. I just admit that unfortunately 
I wasn't one of those that it registered for. Well, so. if you don't like Inside Out, I don't think you're going to like The Good Dinosaur either. Cause Did you see The Good Dinosaur? No. I wanted to see it, but I heard it got really not so good reviews. So. Yeah, uh, The Good Dinosaur has been a blip just kind of on the radar, and it was gone. Um I, I still haven't had a chance to see it. I've heard different things. I've heard good things and then not so great things. Yeah, same yeah. here. So, um, and by the way, Ethan, when we're on Geek Out Loud, it's dinosaur. I'm sorry. Yeah. Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Which comes from an old song called Alley Oop. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that song. I haven't. I'll have to try to find it. Uh, and, and Eric, you've already said your number three was Mad Max? Yeah. Okay. And, we, and we've talked about that. Uh, my number three is one we talked about a little bit as well. It was Ant-Man, and as I said, it was my favorite um, favorite superhero movie of the year. I, the, the humor in, in, in getting basically introduced to a new character uh, in this Marvel Universe was just so much fun. And, um, and Ethan, I'm glad it was on your list as well as it was on mine, because yeah. Lord knows it's nowhere to be found on Arish's. Um, <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I'm finding I it. enjoyed Ant-Man. <laughs> I just... You know, yeah, didn't yeah. make my top five. That's Ayers all. hates Ant Man. Like you know, six and a half. Oh, yeah, I hate Ant Man, and you hate Star Wars. That's so oh wow. Oh gosh, don't <laughs> no, don't even say that. That hurts to even hear. Uh, so, <laughs> so number two, I know we've got a lot to say about Ethan's. Wait, do we hit Ethan's number? Oh yeah, his number three was Inside no, Out. Inside Out. out. Yeah. Number three. Yeah, we've all kind of our number threes. We've already talked about with everyone. So, uh, so we hit number three fast. Uh, number two, Wait, Ethan. Number three again. My number three was Ant Man. Ant Man. Oh yeah. No. I just I don't know why I forgot. Yeah, that. it's fine. Uh, Your number two, Ethan. My number two was. You could really put number two and number one back and forth. Mm-hmm. My number two was Creed. Oh man, I, what a I movie! I was about to put it at number one, but yeah, Creed was a very good movie. Mm-hmm. I really thought, well, spoiler alert, I really thought Rocky was going to die. Yeah. So it was very unpredictable for me. Mm -hmm. I thought there was halfway through the fight. No, halfway through the movie, there was that one fight that was just one shot. I thought that looked really good. And the last fight was very nail-biting. Yes, the last fight was, was outstanding, especially as you go into that 12th round. Now yeah. we need to we need to preface this with with the fact that Ethan hasn't seen any of the Rocky movies. You got to be kidding me! No, no, he hasn't I didn't seen see. any of the Rocky movies. In fact, just tonight, like as I was fixing dinner, uh, you know, the, Spike is running the Rocky Marathon, so he oh. got to see the beginning of Rocky Four. He got to see Apollo's fight with Ivan Drago and that, and so that started to register a little with him because. Of Creed, but yeah, he saw Creed without any really prior knowledge of the Rocky franchise. So that's how powerful that movie is. And I am almost confident that Sylvester Stallone is going to get nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I think, without a doubt, that's going to happen. Well, you know, my friend Derek had told me the same thing, Ethan, and I was just like, I, I can't see him getting supported. This is before I saw yeah. the movie. I'm like, how can he get? How can he get nominated for an for a character he's been playing for years and years? And then I saw the movie. I'm like, oh yeah, he yes. should get at least a nomination. 
because that character is like real now to us. You know, it's right. like we, we go into it and, and I'll preface this. Creed was my number one. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we go into this and it's like, you know, for those of us who've grown up with the Rocky franchise, you know, it's kind of like visiting with our uncle now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and as we were eating dinner, we were talking about it. And, you know, I like the scenes in the last two Rocky movies, you know, where he goes to visit, um, Adrian, at, you know, at a gravesite, her and, and Polly, and he's got his chair up in the tree and he just pulls it down and sits down and starts reading the paper to him and talking oh. to him and stuff like I like those little scenes in it. Like he's, he feels like a real character and he's also very humble now. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got his restaurant and he's happy there and yeah, it's got his pictures up on the wall, but he's not very braggadocio about it. You know, he's very humble the way he talks about his past. And I think that that really resonates with a lot of people. And I I think it's very refreshing to see. You well, know, Rocky in, in a movie. Rocky was stuff like that. Rocky was always humble. Um, you know, he was never. Yeah. He, you know, maybe outside of the, the Rocky three, you know, he had to be taken down a peg. But, but for the most part, Rocky was always pretty humble. And the difference is, is in in Rocky Balboa. Spoiler alert, Ethan. We had a Rocky who still had a fight to fight. He felt like he still had stuff quote unquote in the basement, you know, to get out. Here we've got a Rocky who's just pretty content with life. You know, he's he feels like everyone else has left him behind and he's just, and not and content is even the wrong word. But he just he feels like he doesn't really have anything else to give. And he even mm-hmm. resists training Donnie, you know, because he just he doesn't want to be a part of it. And it's it's a it's a Rocky we've never seen before. And uh, and so yeah, I was I was completely blown away. And then doing sick Rocky, oh man, oh but, yeah. And and Ethan, after you watch the Rocky movies, which you really should while you're on Christmas break, um, you all right, you <laughs> you you will realize just how impactful and sad to see him that sick was. But it had all the humor, you know, of that universe. It had all the all the right stuff of that particular. You know, I hate to use the word universe, but you know what I mean of that yeah. of that storyline. Yeah, the Rockiverse. Uh, it just it works so well. So, uh, Eric, on to your number two. My number two was Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Oh, such a good movie, man! I thought this was the best of the Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. In, in my mind, they just get better as they go along. Um, Since three, they really have. Yeah. 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 Uh, we happened to just watch this again here the other night. Uh, Ethan's grandfather was watching it as the rest of us, we were playing a game or something like that. And we kept, I kept pausing. I'm like, okay, we got to watch the scene. This is the underwater scene, or we got to watch this car chase. He's really doing the driving in these scenes. And it's just one of those movies that from one scene to the next, there's something in it that you, you want to see again. Um, and, and I like the Ethan Hunt character. Um, I really loved the woman in this one, Rebecca Ferguson. She mm-hmm. was fantastic. Um, yeah, I just dug this one. I really, I'm looking forward to the next one that they yeah. do. Yeah, me too. I, you know, and you gotta be impressed with Tom Cruise in this movie, doing all his own stunts, hanging off of a plane for crying out loud, which was a big set piece, but it wasn't even the crux of the movie. 
Yeah, that would have been like the ending for most movies, and this was the very beginning. Yeah, and so and it just and it went from there into just what was a fun story. It was everything you want a movie like that to be. Now I've not seen Spectre, you know, yet, and I and yeah. I'm really anxious to see Spectre because I love the James Bond franchise. But I, I think we even talked about in our mashups, you know, Ethan Hunt and James Bond. Yeah. Um, you know, and and the way they've been doing James Bond since Casino Royale. Um, you know, it, it just feels like that Mission Impossible is doing what James Bond should be doing in the 21st century better than even what Eon Productions is doing with James Bond. Yeah, we talked about ways. this in one of the previous shows yeah. that, you know, Mission Impossible was out bonding Bond. Mm -hmm. And, and, and not just Mission Impossible, the Fast and the Furious franchise, the Bourne franchise. Well, and that's the thing. It's weird because as Bond pulled back to go more reality grounded in some ways, uh, what we found out is that with things like the Fast and Furious franchise and the Mission Impossible franchise is that at least in the States, we'll accept over-the-top action. Right. You know, as long as it, you know, as, as long as it's well done and fun. And, uh, and, I, and from what I understand, even with Spectre being a little bit less well-received than, than maybe I would have expected it to have been, that it feels like, and even what I've heard, it feels like they're headed in that general direction with the Bond franchise, regardless of Daniel Craig's involvement or not. So, um, so what's your number two, my friend, my number two, ladies and gentlemen, is star Wars, the force awakens. What? Wait, you just had that as your disappointment and it's still number two. Exactly. Right. Uh, what is this nonsense? Well, it should be my number one, and that's what makes it a big disappointment <laughs> for the year. Uh, listen, oh, I have okay. paid, I have paid, I have put in so much time, you know, just in the, 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 listen, the whole experience leading up to this movie was so much fun. You know, the, from, from the merchandise to Irish, we were online together when that Monday night football trailer yep. dropped and we did a podcast. The, you know, the marketing was perfect was was done to perfection it was just absolutely perfect marketing for this movie i've enjoyed the toys i've enjoyed everything about it and the movie gave me characters that i love absolutely love uh and cannot wait to spend time with again um you know but despite my quibbles and despite the things i understand that my problems with star wars come down to i've got to get used to star wars in the hands of someone other than its creator and, and, and I'm sure that those things will, as I get used to those things, I will find that I love this movie even more and more. And I mean, it's Star Wars. At the end of the day, it's big yellow letters. It's an opening crawl. It's the Millennium Falcon for crying out loud. Right. You know, it, it was, it was lightsaber battles like we've never seen before. It was a villain in Kylo Ren like we've never known before. It was uh, a hero in Ray, you know, that like that we've never seen in the Star Wars franchise before. And, you know, the humor of it was great. BB-8 is fan-freaking-tastic. Everything, you know, as far as the characters go, and even the story, you know, and, and I've got a dude at my work who's like, oh, my gosh, this movie was not that good, you know, because he asked me out of 10, what do I give it? I said, probably an 8 out of 10. And he's like, how did you give that movie an 8? It's just redoing the old one. I said, you've been reading the Internet. And, uh, and I challenge him, you know, I'm like, tell me how it redid the old one. You know, how did it redo the original? Why is it just a remake? And he couldn't go there. You know, he couldn't go down that road. He was just kind of basically spouting off things that he'd read. And I'm like, you, you've got to let go of that because this is a, this is a fantastic film. And everything that seems to be a remake of the original has a good reason for being in there. And, um, 
yeah, at the end of the day, R2D2 kind of saves the day, and I love that. So, um, you know, it's 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 definitely my number two of the year. So, uh, I love this movie, which is really a great segue, Ethan, into your number one. My number one is Star Wars: Force Awakens. The reason I have this as number one is because you, Steve, you had it at number two because you didn't like the Han Solo death. That's part I of wasn't, it. I wasn't alive to see the first three original movies, sure. so Han Solo wasn't like... I didn't grow with Han Solo for my entire life, right? so that's why it didn't bother me as much when he died. Mm-hmm. So, other than that, I thought it was a great movie. The characters were great. Well, the only character I didn't like was Captain Phasma, because she did nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Right. But, yeah, it is a great movie. Yeah, it is. It's it's such a it's it's fun. Who was your who was your favorite character out of the movie, Ethan? Uh, probably Kylo Ren because walking into the movie, some people think that Kylo Ren is just this big bulky guy who kills everyone. Mm-hmm. But in the in reality, he's never really fought a true lightsaber battle, and he's just a regular person who's pretty weak. Wow. See, I feel like he's pretty strong in the Force. He's just been, it's well, yeah, been misdirected. Well, yeah, he's strong in the Force, right. but Ray just learned to, to use a lightsaber, and she just and she beat him. Yeah. So Kylo Ren has a lot to learn, well, but I still like him. He was gut shot by a, by a blaster bolt. I was going to say, a in, little slack. in fairness, Ray yeah. could use that staff to great perfection. She beat those thugs up with that staff, if you recall, when they were trying to steal BB-8. Yeah. Um, See, what's interesting, too, about him talking about Han Solo and not resonating with him, his brother, uh, the seven-year-old, doesn't want to see it again because he doesn't want to see Han Solo die again. Oh, wow. I thought Han Solo's death went pretty well, actually. I thought it was shot good. Yeah, I thought it was shot well. I I think that for for those of us old old men, and and I may not, and I don't want to speak for air, so I'm going to say for old men like me, Ethan, um, I just feel like Han Solo's death has to have a lot of resonance in the in the future films. Yeah. Um, Jason Swank has said it on uh, on Rebel Force Radio, and I tend to agree with him that that at after he died, there wasn't much. That like his he didn't death, have his own funeral or something. Yeah, well, I mean, it just you know, it needs to it needs to ripple out and really affect the galaxy in a yeah. big way and, and affect this universe in a big way. You know, we need. See, I disagree. I think it. I think it has. It, it already had its resonance with the one character it needed to have it with, and that was with Ray. Hmm. Because I think that his death is is kind of the final straw in waking her up. Mm-hmm. And I think that that she she basically is Luke, you know. Right. She's the one who's going to bring balance to the Force again, or whatever, right? You know, and 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 much as Ben's death did for Luke in A New Hope, there's that similar aspect of it here. Mm-hmm. Her watching Kylo kill Han, seeing him fall, like processing all that, and then having to face. Unlike Luke, who, you know, took off, and it wasn't until Bespin where he actually faced Vader face to face. Right. I mean, Ray has to face Kylo like five minutes later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you know, and all that raw emotion and energy. And then, you know, she watches him uh, cut Finn down and stuff. And then she has that moment of clarity, like, you know, the force. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think that that it did have its resonance. It was right. an important moment. Um, you know, the, the whole galaxy doesn't need to mourn for him. We don't need the big funeral scene. I would have liked the scene with, with Chewie and Leia at the end, but I think that it, it had its importance in waking Ray up. So I think that that's where we're going to see it resonate through into eight and nine. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I just, you know, from, from just this fan's perspective, it's just it's the idea of, you know, this has got to affect I, I, the galaxies, maybe too big, but like, you know, this is, this is his and Leia's son. You know, so where does Leia go from here? I mean, we've got, right. you know, and, and look, all, well, jo- all joking. Door, you know, hopefully we'll see a lot more of her in the next movie. Well, and that's the thing, all joking about Carrie Fisher aside, I hope that she's shown that, listen, she, I feel like she pulled off this, this role great for, you mm-hmm. know, with what they gave her. Um, and, and I don't think that she would be unprofessional in the role at all. I think that, you know, she, she knows how to act and she knows how to do her job. And, you know, obviously, we only saw Luke there at the end, and um, <laughs> I've joked with people that maybe uh, Episode Eight, The First Order Strikes Back, will start out with um, Luke would would Ray still standing there holding the lightsaber three years later, and Luke just kind of <laughs> sipping on his coffee, you know, like, "All right, you're doing pretty well." Um, you know, I think as a viewer. It, and, and look, I, I didn't have the Force Awakens on my list for one simple reason: because it's Star Wars. It's an entity mm-hmm. all to its own. Sure. It, it, if, in my mind, it doesn't get compared to all the other movies that right. came out this year. Right. Um, I absolutely loved it. You know, it's Star Wars. I'm going to watch it a bazillion times, and I'm going to continue to love it. Yeah. Um, for me, look, all my favorite scenes in the movie, or ninety percent of them, were every scene that Harrison Ford was in. Right, right. So I'm sad that I'm not going to, unless there's some sort of, uh, you know, crazy flashback, but Star Wars doesn't do flashbacks. You know, it's like, who, I just, I, I'm going to miss seeing him again. And, and in particular, because Harrison Ford hasn't done a movie that I've enjoyed him in in years. And so <laughs> it wasn't just getting Han Solo back. Right. It was getting Harrison Ford back. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you know, how many... For years, whether he was doing the Tom Clancy movies or Raider or the Indiana Jones or Han Solo or Working Girl or whatever, it was one great role after the next from him. And then there's just been this void for years. And so he's back again. And it's like, yes, this is why we fell in love with him. This is why we loved him for so long. Like it was just so awesome to have him back up there. He had so many great lines like – Han Solo was just back, and so I'm going to miss seeing that character again. But I also look at it as they need to open the door for the new characters. And if you've read any of the the, the reports and stuff that have been out about uh, Michael Arndt's script and what he said about the trouble he had in writing it, was that like any time he went from Ray to Luke Skywalker all you cared about was that Luke effing Skywalker was on the screen again. Right. And it was impossible for any of the new characters to live up to 
our core characters that we loved. So in a way, the, Han, Luke, and Leia need to – they need to go away so that we can have the new characters mm-hmm. and, and let the new characters become the new ones that we love. You know, I, I think that if we went into eight with Han, Luke, and Leia still around – I think it just would have been a really crowded field and they would have risked overshadowing Kylo, Finn, Ray, Poe, you know, these new characters. So that, uh, that's just partly how I look at it, you know, mm-hmm. and again, that's just my own personal opinion on it. Um, um, well, I, I think that's a good point. I think, you know, and, and I think that, that with what Lucas would have done, from what I understand, there was going to be a lot less of those legacy characters they've come to be known. And and obviously, Abrams and company went for, well, let's put the focus at least on one of these. And I don't... Right. But I also feel like that in that, that Han didn't necessarily steal... You know, Harrison Ford didn't steal the show from the people he was acting with. He was, he was no, gracious in what he did on screen with, with Boyega and Ridley. Um, you know, and of course the scenes with he and he and Carrie were great. So, um, yeah. Well, and it was smart the way that they brought him in too, because you know, he doesn't come in until what, like 40 minutes into the movie. So you've had time to get to know Ray and Poe and Finn. You, you've had time to, to sit with them for a while and, you know, root for them. And then when Han shows up, you know, it's like, oh, cool, Han's here now. Like, the party just got better. Hmm. At least, you know, that's how I felt. Like, Han and Chewie just walked in. Now the party's really kicking into gear. But I was having a good time with the new characters before they showed up. Yeah. I, I mean, that's and, and that's what I come away with that movie is that, like I said, love those new characters. Yeah. You know. Um, so Arish, your number one and my number one are are actually the same thing was Creed. And the reason I put that as number one is, is really comes down to the emotional response I had to that movie was surprising to me. Yeah. Um, and it was something I expect to have with the force awakens, but, but it just wasn't there. But yeah, man, I, you know, we've, we've gushed over it. So we won't, we won't Uh, rehash that. Just a brilliant idea. A great way to, to to almost reboot the Rocky franchise, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, I loved the culturally, the, the kind of different point of view that it had. Um, uh, just the characters were great. Yeah. Loved it mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's our 2015, uh, our favorites, our disappointments. And, uh, look, all these movies are going to be coming out soon. If they haven't already come out on Blu-ray video on demand, all sorts of things. The best way to get those things are over at Amazon. And uh, if you want to do your Amazon shopping, do it through our links at geekoutpodcast.com and geekoutonline.com. When you use those links, it helps the shows out tremendously. And thank you so much to everyone who I know we could see it. We had a huge spike in December. You guys doing some Christmas shopping and that sort of thing through those Amazon links. So keep it up into the new year. It helps the shows out in a big, bad way. And uh, I use the Amazon that. link. Oh, really? Thank you, man. Look Thank at you. you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but looking ahead now, man. 2016. 2016 coming what are we, up. like 36 hours away? Something yeah. Something like that? Forget Less. you, 2015. I'm so done with you, 2015. Get out of my face. Yeah, 2016's coming. Uh, <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> 
Way to just kick 2015 out of the house. That's dude. right. It was a good year. It was a good year. Biggest box office year in history. Man, yeah. How about The yeah. Force Awakens breaking the records for records broken, by the way? Just freaking crazy. Like um, I, Tuesday morning, I woke up and I'm just like, oh, I'm just curious to see, like, if there's any seats available mm-hmm. at the theater for this. And like 9 a.m. show on Tuesday morning was already three quarters sold out. Wow. Wow. It's just amazing. The money that this thing is bringing in. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. And, and But you know what? It is good to see it's Star Wars. It's all the people who didn't like it that are going back to see it's it. All, it's all people like me trying to just get everything figured out. I still Maybe don't, if I see it one more time, I'll start to love it. I still don't like that arthritic bird, man. I still don't like oh, that I arthritic bird. I love the arthritic bird. bird. I saw him in the visual guide. <laughs> Wait, who's the arthritic bird? The 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 one scene where you see Ray go by and there's the bird in the foreground, like he's pecking on a sheet of oh, metal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Steve didn't like that. Got on my nerves. It looked like a reject from the Tiki Room at Disney World, man. Yeah. I said that the poor bird has arthritis <laughs> and it moves really slow and creaky. He was no Baba Joe. I'll tell you it, that right now. It has now. a metal beak, Steve. That's yeah. why it's like so jerky because the beak is so heavy from the metal when oh, he's like okay. lifting it up. All right, all right. Well, I'll believe that then. Um, <laughs> so, what are you looking forward to in, in 2016, Ayers? Let's start with you. You're, all right. What are you? You're number five. You're looking forward to. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface my list with saying yes, I am looking forward to Civil War. I'm looking forward to a lot of the big gun. Special effects, heavy, you know, the stuff that Geek Out Loud listeners love, the stuff that we talk about all the time. sure. But this list is going to focus in a a little bit on some smaller movies that, for one reason or another, I'm really looking forward to. Mm -hmm. So the first one is is the new movie from from Richard Linklater, who uh, directed um, uh, Boyhood, the movie that won the Oscar last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and directed uh, School of Rock and one of my favorite movies of all time, Dazed and Confused. Mm. So this movie is called Everybody Wants Some. Everybody wants. Oh, no, never Everybody wants some. <laughs> um, it's it's not a direct sequel to Dazed and Confused, but it's sort of a spiritual continuing of days the days and confused was the last day of school in the 70s everybody wants some is about a uh, guys on a college baseball team it takes place in the 80s okay um so it has that same kind of spirit to it mm-hmm. um and simply because it's link ladder there's like no stars in this movie i didn't recognize a single actor in the trailer yeah um yeah. But simply because it's Link Ladder and because I worship at the ground of Dazed and Confused, in my mind, one of the best movies of all time. Um, it, it, it gave us McConaughey and all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all, all right. right. Yeah. Um, this one is one of the movies that I'm really looking forward to. And it comes out in March or April, I believe. And there's a trailer online. You can just go to YouTube or Google. Everybody wants some trailer. Is um is is this Linkletter? Is this the same guy that did uh, Slackers? Yes, that okay. was his first movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that's the one. You know, that's the one that set Kevin Smith on his path. Yeah. So and and that's the one. Have you seen that one? Slackers. Yeah. 
Saw it years and years ago, back when I was a jockey at a video store. Isn't that the one where it just follows a different character like every yep. five minutes? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really it's really well done. There's some sneaky edits in there, and it feels like maybe he's done. Uh, he did the uh, the before sunrise, before sunset, mm-hmm. and uh, I forget the name of the other one. That trilogy with Ethan Hawke and. Um, Oh, I'm blanking on her name right now. That basically just followed them, like just walking and talking through mm-hmm. a city. Um, that they were really good. Uh, he's he, he's just he's been kind of all over the map. He did um, Scanner Darkly, I believe it was that animated Keanu Reeves movie, um, where they they shot the movie and then animated the cells. Um, he's just he's kind of. He's done like a lot of the little kind of experimental movies that George might have done had Star Wars not become the behemoth that it was. Yeah, out of all those movies, I only saw Boyhood, so. Okay. I hadn't even seen Boyhood. Um, well, and Boyhood was a movie that it took him like 14 years to make. 12. 12 years? Because yeah. they just, he shot like a couple years, a couple weeks each year with the cast. Mm-hmm. So you actually see the boy grow up from being a boy to being like in his like late teens, early twenties. Um, and it just kind of charts the, the story of this boy growing up. Um, so just, that's the kind of stuff that he does. But like I said, days and confused, I mean, uh, school of rock is, is his biggest, most commercial one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're turning it into a Broadway show now that, uh, um, Andrew Lloyd Webber actually wrote the lyrics for, um, but, uh, the one that I enjoy the most is Dazed and Confused. Yeah. Um, so, uh, my number five, uh, is surprisingly enough, uh, Irish has done me, you've made me feel stupid about my list now, uh, cause you know, it's all the big budget. Well, I got big budget stuff on here, too. Uh, My number five, surprisingly enough, is Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I was going to put that on my list, but... But we've already seen it because of the trailer. Um, Yeah, basically, and Jesse Eisenberg had to ruin it for me. uh, How did he ruin it? I'm not looking forward to Lex Luthor. You know what? Me neither. And that's what's so weird. Again, Schizophrenia Steve coming into play here. Because I... This movie is something that, on one hand, I'm not looking forward to, but my low expectations really gives this movie a chance to be something really special for me. Yeah, and and you know, and it's and it's the realization of a dream we've had for years and years and years as comic geeks and fans is seeing these two characters on screen together in the same movie. You know, in that final shot of the trailer with. with Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman all on a blue screen shot of like something burning behind them is just, you know, it just, it really fires up the imagination for, for what this movie could be. So, you know, I'm, I'm going in as open-minded as possible. And, uh, and like, I, like I've said, as much as, as critical as I've been of the trailer and, you know, and people know my problems with man, of Steel, and it really all comes down to hold the camera still. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it uh you know i will i will be there for this and and and, and in some ways are, are i'm looking forward to it so even well, regular listeners know how i feel about this mm-hmm. movie so mm-hmm. i will simply say yeah. this i hope that it proves everything that i think about this movie wrong well, me too and that it is two to two and a half or three hours of just 
absolute awesome sauce. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so I, I am hoping that I love this movie. And I, I will not say anything negative about it. Um, until I, I until we've seen say it. This. Steve, are you watching Supergirl? Yes. I absolutely love that show. It's a great show. You can check out our podcast about Supergirl with me and Derek at uh, StarkvilleLabs.com. Okay. I will do that. It's a good show. It's just every week it just gets better and better. And yeah. The Martian Manhunter moment, I was just flipping out. Yeah, I haven't seen that that moment yet, but I've seen pictures of it, and he looks okay. fan- he looks fantastic. It's just um, such a cool moment. Yeah. And it, you just see it coming. Mm-hmm. You're like, just do it, do it, do it, do it. And then when he turns, you're just like, yes. So I dug it. And it ended the, the fall finale ended with a great cliffhanger. Yeah. So, I don't watch. I don't watch. You should be watching that show, Ethan. It's really good. Uh, so, Ethan, what's your number five? I'm gonna get my number five out of the way, kind of, because this podcast is called Geek Out Loud, and my voice isn't too geeky. I chose for number five The Conjuring Two, the Enfield Poltergeist. I really like the first Conjuring, so I heard they're making a sequel, and yeah. Well, look at you with your with your with your horror. Ethan watches the horror movies. Once in a while, I'll have a good horror movie. <laughs> he does what I can't do. I don't I can't like watch him. I have a hard time with him. I have a hard. He time likes with him, him though. He watches the paranormal activities and all that stuff. So mm. uh, I like the fresh yeah. perspective. Yeah, I uh, I'm mm-mm. I don't want to see any of these ghosts coming to life. Mm-mm. No, thank you. No, thank you very much. Uh, Ethan, uh, what is your, I mean, I'm sorry, Eris, you got your number four locked and loaded. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with Dr. Strange. Wow. Um, oh, look, I'm really excited to see civil war. I'm mm-hmm. just excited about the whole Marvel list, but kind of like guardians of the galaxy was something different. Yes. For us. That's how I, I I'm feeling about Dr. Strange. Have you seen like, the, it's, have you seen the pictures I, of Cumberbatch? I saw the yeah. pictures in Entertainment Weekly. They, they look awesome. Yes. Um, I just I'm excited about the cast in this. Uh, you know, again, not a horror guy, but we've got a director on here who's basically just done horror movies. Yeah, this is definitely the darkest Marvel project besides the TV shows on Netflix and. Yeah. So I'm just uh, I'm really excited for this. I can't wait to see the first trailer. I hope it just blows us away the way that first Guardians of the Galaxy trailer did. Um, but it's just it, it's something that just is beginning to feel very familiar, even though it's a familiar that we love. I love the sense that this is going to taste different than everything else on the Marvel plate so mm-hmm. far. Yeah, so that's what I'm really excited for. It's definitely going to be um be interesting uh to see what happens with it because it it has it has the potential at, you know just like Guardians of the Galaxy to be something that people just latch on to to be that out of nowhere big hit. You know, people latched onto Ant-Man a lot more than I thought they would. And, you know, that comes from the humor and the heart of that movie. And this has the potential to do that as well in a different way, to catch those, to catch Ethan and his horror fan buddies. Because, yeah. you know, there's no telling where we're going to spend um, spend time. When you start getting into the world of Doctor Strange, man, you start walking that ethereal plane, oh, 
it can get crazy. It can get crazy. Yep. My number four is actually Captain America: Civil War, um, and and that comes because I, it's so low on my list because it's it's Civil War, and and I've said on the show repeatedly that as much as I love Captain America and as much as I've loved these these superhero movies, I don't like the story of Civil War in the comics. I I was the one person in the world who didn't. Um, not that it wasn't well told or well done. I just don't like superheroes fighting each other. I'd rather see our superheroes fighting supervillains. And right. and this opens the door to a, a whole bunch of other things, I know. But I am looking forward to it. The preview looks great. Um, I, I'm really looking forward, and I've said this to you on the show, Erish, that, that the dude playing Black Panther is someone who, you know, I saw in that James Brown movie and then later in that... Uh, that Bozeman is his name, I think. Yes, and he was in that Kevin Costner movie about uh, draft day, Eric. So you got to love yeah. that. Uh, and he was great. And in both of those movies, he's he was just fantastic on the screen. So I'm looking forward to seeing his turn as the Black Panther. And um, yeah, so I mean, this is a movie that I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, I'm just hoping that maybe there's enough of a twist on the Civil War concept that at the end we're, we still have friends and not they're not enemies when they when they part ways necessarily my guess is that they're they're kind of using the civil war concept as a bit of a sleight of hand mm-hmm. because we're all focused on the heroes fighting each other that nobody's really paying attention to who the villains are in the movie right and I think that uh, I have a sense that the villains are going to wind up being a little bit more prominent in this one than we're expecting. I hope so. I'm also excited about the return of Thunderbolt Ross yeah. to yeah, the Marvel Universe. Back. Yeah. So. Well, I'm excited about the return of basically every character from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, aside from the Guardians <laughs> in this movie. They so. do Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah, First you know, look at the new Spider-Man too. And I'm getting a lot. I'm, I have some friends that are just like, "Oh my gosh, are we really doing Spider-Man again?" I'm like, "Yes, we are." Yeah. <laughs> you know why wouldn't we? It's time for Spider-Man to take his place back atop the Marvel heap. You yeah. know, Iron Man really shifted that whole thing uh, in 2008, and so it's time for Spider-Man to just make his way back. And I hope Marvel can do that for him. Uh, Ethan, number four. Uh, I keep. Pronouncing my number four wrong, I pronounce it Yosemite. Eric, how do you pronounce it correctly? <laughs> it, it's you Yosemite. Yeah, Yosemite. <laughs> it's starring James Franco. Although I want to start calling it Yosemite. I'm going to, yeah, yeah. Yosemite. From here on out, it's Yosemite. Okay. So in Yosemite, it's kind of like the modern day Stand By Me. It has James Franco in it, and it's about uh, three fifth graders trying to hunt down a mountain lion after it killed a friend. Oh, a friend. wow. So. Now, wait a minute. What do you know about Stand By Me, Ethan? Well, it's not like, grab your guns, we're going to go kill this cat. It's not that kind of movie. It's right. like, like an adventure movie. They're going on a path. Mm-hmm. They're leaving the town. They're going on a hike, basically. Yeah. But what do you, I mean, have you watched Stand By Me? I've I haven't seen it in a while, but I know I remember some stuff about it. Yeah, I doubt you'd like it. If you don't like Uncle Buck and Goonies, you wouldn't like Stand by Me. I think they did like it though. Oh, yeah. You're such I, a because because I didn't recommend it. Their dad recommended it, yeah. so that's why they liked it. 
You're such a walking paradox, Ethan. Yeah. If I recommend it, then it puts a red flag up with that. So <laughs> yeah, we that's... we watched Shaun the Sheep last night, and I'm like, you know what? I'm you guys are gonna watch this movie, and they were very skeptical about it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, really? Do we have to watch this? Shaun the Sheep wasn't that bad. But they liked, liked it. it. They they were laughing quite a bit. Him and his brother were laughing quite a bit through it. It was a good movie. So mm. I'm starting to win them back over a little bit. Um, but this Yosemite movie, or sorry, Yo's Might, yeah. I, this wasn't even on my radar until he he mentioned it to me this afternoon. And this sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Like, we need a modern day Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it it does sound cool to me, too, when you talk about these. They're fifth graders, did you say, Ethan? Yeah, they're fifth graders, but on the trailers, they sound like fourth or third graders. Wow. So they're, um, are they, are they setting out with their BB guns that they got in a Christmas story to go after this mountain lion? Or are they? No, I don't think it's like, well, based on the trailers, it just seems like they made like a map out of crayon or pencil. I got They have a couple of Nerf guns and stuff. But they want to. Sounds like the Goonies. Yeah. Well, it has three kids in it. Oh. Okay. Well, I I think you need to give the Goonies a second chance. Uh, Eris, I got to look for the trailer for Yo's Might. So me too. Check this out, Eris, you're number four. Uh, no, my number three. We're on three now. Are we? Did we talk about your number? Yeah, yeah, Eris. Doctor Strange was my. I go last. Doctor Strange was. Oh, that's right. Because you you're switching around on me. So okay. So number three. So number three, I'm doing Ghostbusters. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It just I you, look, we 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 both love the Ghostbuster movies. I think that this is a brilliant idea. Uh, rebooting it this way, um, I'm just I'm really looking forward to this. Ethan, have you seen the Ghostbusters, the original? I've seen both of the Ghostbusters. Like, yeah. Just like I said about Star Wars, I wasn't alive when they first came out. Right. So I'm I don't have that like. I don't have that special touch with them. But how do you like them? I like Ghostbusters. Yeah. I like Bill Murray. I like Slimer. Yeah. I hear you. Well, that's what I like to hear. All right. I, dude, I think this movie is going to um, just rock. I, I don't see how. It's actually uh, my number two. And so I am. I am. And when I heard that Chris Hemsworth was playing the secretary. Yeah, I, that was it. I'm like, I'm in. Take all my money, you know. Yep. Forget the fact. Listen, Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, the other two that are in that thing. Oh, Leslie, Leslie Jones. Jones, Kate McKinnon. Yes, yeah. I am. I am there. I am there and a half. So I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to it, and I think it's going to be hilarious. I think it's going to be great. So two in the box, ready to go. We be fast, and they be slow. Uh, so, um, my number. Th- tell you my Ghostbusters two story. No, I'm in Ghostbusters two. Shut yeah. up. Yep. You were in that running crowd. Uh, the scene where they're running from the monster underneath the, the arch in Washington Square Park. Really? Like I'm one of the people running from that monster. All right, I'm gonna go fire up Ghostbusters two just, later on. You can't see my face. Just look for uh, a bright orange baseball hat running All right. by. That's me and my Denver Broncos hat. That's awesome. Um, 
every take we just slipped into uh, my buddy and I somebody pulled the fire alarm in the dorm that we were in uh, when I was at NYU and so we had to evacuate the dorm in like the middle of the night we were like they're shooting ghostbusters down the street let's just go watch them do that so we went down the street and we just we slipped into one of the packs extras and basically you know they had the street all closed off the end of fifth Avenue there. And they were basically like, just pretend there's a giant ghost under the arch and you're running for your lives. And so they would yell action and everybody would just run up fifth Avenue. And that's great. Right away. I picked out the camera that Ivan Reitman was at Mm -hmm. and every take I ran right for his camera and then would stop and just stand next to him. (laughs) Nice. And after the, after the third take, he just he patted me on the back and he's like, "Nice job, kid." Nice, really. Yeah, that's great. So that, that's, that's awesome. That's my Ghostbusters. Oh man, that is super. And like on one of the side streets, they had the Ecto two, like on a, on a flatbed truck just mm-hmm. parked, and we were taking pictures with that and stuff. It was like awesome. I just got a text by my dad saying. Mention the Civil War II comic coming out in the summer by Brian Bendis. So he just wanted me to mention that. I don't know what he's talking about. They're doing. What are we doing plugs for Bendis now? I don't know. They're doing Civil War Two. I guess. Ugh. Well, I'm having a hard time getting through the Secret Wars thing, but anyhow. Uh, so we've talked, my number three, uh, was Dr. Strange. We've talked that already. I'm really looking nice. forward to it. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be one of those things that put Marvel, uh, back up where it's like, oh, they can really do different things. I like this whole idea that they've done with their superhero movies of doing a genre using the superhero, uh, motif to do a genre type film in the way that winter soldier was a spy movie. And of course, guardians is that sci-fi movie and Ant-Man was the heist film and that sort of thing. So, uh, looking forward to Dr. Strange, uh, Ethan, your number three. Uh, my number three is suicide squad directed by David Ayer. You are a dark little joker, aren't you? (laughs) Uh, I guess. I I don't know. (laughs) I'm not as dark as the Joker, but no. <laughs> I really like the villains. I yeah. like villains more than the heroes in some movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, seeing I'm interested in seeing what Jared Leto's take will be as, on, on the Joker. We all I are. See his take. Yeah. The trailers look pretty good. I hope Jai Courtney doesn't really ruin it because oh. a lot of movies. A lot of the movies he's in, they're pretty bad, so. Hmm. I mean, but yeah. Ethan, remind me again, how old are you, 12? Yeah, I'm 12. Yeah. I mean, guys, this is, I just want to remind our listeners, this is, this is, the, this is the result of an internet culture right here. John Courtney ruins most of the movies he's in. <laughs> that, that, that might be a little bit of my influence okay. on him, Yeah. But. Jack, Jack Courtney, just, I see him cast the movie and I cringe. Mm. I don't know, uh, man. This the, the, look, the kid. He look. He's always he's so into movies. Mm-hmm. He's always like reading up on them online, or you know, listening to podcasts, watching trailers and stuff. I mean, every day this week, I've been out here for about a week now. It, it's been a different theory about what episode eight is going to be, or yes. about who race lineages or whatever. He likes thinking about all this stuff, and he comes up with great theories, and he has 
really smart ideas. Uh, well, that's why you're going to be a return know, guest. We see him. Hmm? That's why he's going to be a return guest again and again on the show. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm a fan of gotcha. Ethan. He takes this seriously too. So he's put a lot of work into uh, into researching all this and stuff. Yeah. He's got his list all r- written up with crib notes and stuff nice. for it. So we'll have to uh, Ethan. What we'll have to do is just work out a segment where it's me and you, and um, or just let you record some stuff and send in your thoughts on some different things. Like, right. I, like I send you a questionnaire and you record and you send it to me back. So that'd be fun. Um, so Suicide Squad, you're digging on the, the fact that this is the villains in, Ethan? Yeah, like they said in the trailers, it's not bad versus bad, it's bad versus evil. So mm. there will. it's not going to be like both teams become friends. It seems like two, the two sides want to kill each other. Right. I'm not sure what the other side is, probably some government or something, but... We also get to see the first on-screen live-action debut of Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. so that'll be cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's going to be good. I'm, I am concerned about the Joker, though. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't. Yeah, know the how... Joker. I'm not sure what's going on with. He looks a bit goth, kind of, mm-hmm. with the tattoos and the silver. I'm not sure what it's called. It's called a grill. They call I believe they call it a grill on the street. Grill? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the grill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Mm. Bless your heart, kid. But you know, honestly, the only I think the only reason or I think the main reason why we're worried about the Joker performance is because it's, you know, following years after Heath Ledger's brilliant Joker performance. Yeah, that Joker. But cool. I just think that, you know, even in the comics over the decades, there's been so much room for interpretation as to how to portray the Joker. Mm-hmm. That and, and look, Jared Leto can be a bit of a, a wild card, but well, he's also a talented actor. I was going to say, and, I think Jared Leto is a phenomenal actor. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with it. Yeah, I finally and saw. And I want him to just. You know, just jump off the cliff, do something crazy with it. Don't be that Heath Ledger Joker type. Just make it your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I finally saw him in uh, in Dallas Buyers Club. He's fantastic. And he's fantastic. Yeah. He's phenomenal in that movie. That's so. just a good movie. Everybody was phenomenal. Yeah, in that. it was. It really was. Um, I'm curious with Suicide Squad, because there's all these rumors about some connection with Batman versus Superman and stuff. Mm. Well, yeah, they're saying that, well, it's not really a spoiler, but if some people want to call it that spoiler alert, they're saying that Tim, one of the Robins is the Joker. Is that what you're talking about or something else? I don't know. I just, because I don't read all the spoilers like you do, Ethan. I don't read spoilers. And I, you know, I just, I see little on a headline here or there or see a tweet here or there that there might be connections mm-hmm. between the two movies so yeah. I'm just curious to see if if they are indeed trying to do that and building this yeah. bigger DCU so guys yeah I, I'm curious I'm curious to see this one guys I just uh, I need to take a pause real quick and break in and say that uh, I, I'd gotten an email 
from uh, from a toy place, and I'm looking right now at six inch Black Series Luke from Episode Four, uh, Ahsoka Black Series. Kanan. Oh, yeah, I saw the Ahsoka. Oh, Kanan Black Series. See that. And a Force Awakens Han. Wait, who Black Series? Kanan. Kanan and Han. Oh, Kanan, cool. And Han from and Force uh, Awakens. Yeah, Han. and they've got a Jango Fett coming. Can, does, does a Jango Han... Fett coming? Mm-hmm. Can you take Han's jacket off so you can have the six-inch Black Series Chewbacca hand it back to him? Oh, <laughs> well, he's not wearing his winter coat. It's just as it's just his brown coat instead of the blue one. I'll so. hold out for the winter coat, Han. There you go. <laughs> Dad's probably pre-ordering those is already. It the, is it the new Ahsoka? Yes, yes, with it's the, Rebels with Ahsoka. The two white lightsabers. Yep, yep. Oh, that's. Cool. She has white lightsabers. Yeah, these are kind of yeah. blue. The the, the are ones you not they... watching Rebels. I watch it once in a while. Oh my gosh, yeah, Ethan! Ethan! Lightsabers now. Ethan! Oh my oh, gosh! I'm sorry. <laughs> I watch sometimes. Oh my gosh, the kid doesn't like Uncle Buck and he's only watching Rebels sometimes. <laughs> the last episode of Rebels I watched is where uh, Rex and Kanan dressed up as stormtroopers yes. and had to break Ezra out. Listen, the, okay. ne- the episode after that, I think, is when Ahsoka breaks out her lightsabers and it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. It is awesome. Yeah, Ahsoka fights the two. Uh, Inquisitors. Inquisitors? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's so it's awesome. All right. So, so cool. Okay. So but yeah, she has white lightsabers because she's not a Jedi. And so white is sort of like the neutral color. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So uh moving on, Eris, you're number two. Most All anticipated. Right, Steve. My number two, Star Wars Rogue One. Yes. Um, dude, um, this is going to be a great movie. I, I just think it's going to yeah. be so much fun to enter into that time period and see these people struggle to get the plans to the Death Star. Hello. Yeah, and I think it's... I'm looking forward to it because I think from what I'm gathering, from what they're kind of hinting at and stuff with these uh, Star Wars stories is that, you know, they're they're going to be different from the episode from mm-hmm. the episodes. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to to what's going to make this what's going to make these standalone movies a little bit different from the episode six, seven, eight, nines yeah. out there. Um, and, and just from what you know, I'm hearing uh, on the work side that what we've been told about it and stuff. I'm just really, really excited about this. Yeah, I, I am. I, I think it's it's a great first entry into these side stories, these these spinoffs, these anthologies, these Star Wars stories, as they're calling them. And um, and, and Rogue One, I think, is going to be just a fun entry and, and a different. This is these these anthology films are going to be the films where. I'm okay with a diversion from the way that they've always been filmed and done. Like it's going to be interesting to see Star Wars done, maybe in a new style, and uh, and with with a new. So the helicopter shot at the end, you would be okay with? Oh, this sure. One. Yep. yep. Wait, <laughs> the helicopter shot. The 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 shot at the end of the Force Awakens. Oh, where, where it's like, going around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Instead of static, yeah. So that's a good the number Drago. two. Exactly, exactly. Uh, my number two uh, we've already talked about is the Ghostbusters uh, reboot coming up. Really looking forward to that. Ethan, what's your number two, buddy? My number two is Deadpool. Oh wow! 
Yeah, I just yeah, think it's going to be maybe the funniest. No. It's going to be one of the funniest movies of 2016. And we finally get the Deadpool we people want. We don't have the animated thingy, magic, whatever that was, from X-Men Origins Wolverine. Right. We have Colossus and that, I don't know who the woman is, Mega Warhead or something. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's not only going to be the funniest, it may end up being, especially if they release an unrated version of it, the most vulgar. Yeah. yeah. So. The red suit hides the blood. This guy gets it. He's wearing the brown pants. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, yeah, it's it's Deadpool is going to be a surprise for people. I can't wait to see the parents who bring their little kids to see a superhero movie. Oh, yeah, thinking they're going to see some nice, wholesome right. Marvel movie. And it's just... I mean, come on. Has there even, has there been a trailer that hasn't been a red band trailer for it yet? They've got they've got a couple that are in the theaters, but they you know, showed okay. a regular one at Star oh. Wars mm-hmm. and some other theaters. Yeah, all right. But uh, but just the red band trailers. It's like one vulgar thing thing after the next. Exactly. Exactly. And um, the, it just makes me laugh like crazy. <laughs> Uh, Arish, your number one anticipated movie in 2016. All right. My number one movie is a flick called Midnight Special. Now, what is this? This is, it's from uh, director Jeff Nichols, who uh, did a movie a couple of years ago called Take Shelter mm-hmm. that uh, starred Michael Shannon. And uh, he directed a movie called Mud that was really mm. good with uh, Matthew McConaughey in it. Um Stars our friend Joel Edgerton. Oh wow! We've been yeah, talking a lot about this year. Yep. Um, Adam Driver, Michael Shannon, are all in this. So we've got Ren, we've got Zod, and we've got Uncle Owen in it. Man. Um, but the story is, it has a very Close Encounters slash ET slash Starman vibe to it. It's oh wow that kind of like early 80s sci-fi movie it's about a little boy who has some sort of powers Mm. and his father who is played by michael shannon is trying to hide him away the government is after him because they think he's a weapon and they want to use him um there's like a cult that's after him because they think he's some sort of second coming kind of uh like being and so they're after him because they want to worship him and the dad is just trying to keep him safe yeah um and because it has that early 80s sci-fi vibe to it that close encounters that Starman kind of thing that's what's really like got me hooked on mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. it just it looks fantastic dude you sold um, you sold me on et Starman. i mean like yeah yeah you sold me. Well, and he has said that he wanted to he wanted to do something in the vein of Starman. Nice. Um, nice. And if you you again just YouTube or Google Midnight Special trailer, definitely check this out. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to speak to a lot of your listeners. Yep. This is the kind of movie that I think a lot of us will get behind. It's not. I doubt very much it's going to open large. It doesn't have, you know, I think it's going to play in a theater here or there, so you might have to seek this out mm-hmm. or look for it on, on on demand. But this is this is the movie that I am most looking forward to in 2016. All right. Well, I'll, check out, I'll have to check out a trailer for it because I've not heard of it until you brought it up. But maybe if we give it enough publicity, 
Joel Egerton or whoever will come on and talk to us about we'll it. Will come on and talk to you. Yeah. yeah, you'll get the letter 40 years from now that they wanted to come on and talk yeah. to you. I wanted to talk on Geek Out Loud. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> my number one we've talked about, it's Rogue One. I'm really, you know, look, Star Wars is always going to be number one for me until it's number two. So, um, yeah, that's I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Ethan, close us out, buddy, with your number one anticipated film. My number one most anticipated film of 2016 is Jungle Book. Nice. The Jungle Book. Yeah. It's directed by John Favreau, the guy who directed Iron Man. That's right. And it looks visually. And Chef. Oh, he directed that movie, Chef. Yeah. Uh, he directed Chef too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I think uh, you have Scarlett Johansson as the snake, Bill Murray as the bear. I, I forget all the other actors. Oh, you got Christopher Walken as King Louis. Yeah, you, that guy. You've Lapita Nyong'o is in there somewhere. I think she's the mm-hmm. wolf. I think she's Lo, Mowgli's wolf mother. And Ben Kingsley somewhere too. Yep, he's Bagheera, isn't he? The the panther. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, it just looks very beautiful. Yes, yeah, it's gonna. I, I've I've really been impressed with the one trailer they've released. So, mm-hmm. and I know Teresa from Disney Vault Talk is really looking forward to it as well. A Jungle Book is right up there with Robin Hood as my two favorite Disney oh, movies of all time. It's good, so. dude. I love Baloo. I, in yeah. fact, uh, we as a joke on Disney Vault Talk, I made a um, made a profile on on MouseMingle dot com. Which is a Disney fans dating website. It, it, it scares me. And I, my my username there is Baloo guy, Baloo oh. guy. So, uh, so yeah. So, um, dudes, guys, I, look for fun- Vault Talk. We just need you guys need to redo your logo so it's like that last shot in the trailer where they're floating down the river. Oh yes, with just Teresa, like just- you and Teresa <laughs> floating down the river. <laughs> I love that last shot because the whole the whole trailer's so intense, and then it's just yeah. them floating down the river, and he's and he's whistling Bare Necessities. So, well, in the whole trailer, I'm just like, I want to hear Bare Necessities, right? Like, just do it. Just like show me, show me him singing Bare Necessities. That's all I want to see. Right, right. And then you just get the little whistle. <laughs> Indeed, beautiful. I think it's going to be good. That's a good pick, bro. That's a good pick, Ethan. I Thank like you. I like your five, man. I like them. So, uh, I mean, and we we each just did five. There's like, yeah, you know, a whole year loaded with like some really promising they got movies. X-Men Apocalypse. Too. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting yeah. about X Men Apocalypse. We're getting a new Born movie. We're getting a new Jack Reacher movie, and you Magical know I'm a sucker for the Jack Reacher them, stuff. That Harry Potter spinoff. Oh yeah, I forget. I keep forgetting about that as well. Man, yeah, it's gonna be a big. It's gonna be a big. It's gonna be a big, um, big 2016. Uh, guys, before we go, I want to mention Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/geekoutloud. If you want to support the shows directly, you can do it there. Patreon.com/slash/geekoutloud. Our featured support this week is our beloved Rebecca Dravenstott. A member of the four-woman super team, Rebecca controls the element of fire, creating it with her mind, using it to burn away evil. Also, she was bestowed a magic ring from her grandma, Bilbo, that grants her invisibility. And I chose her because uh, our thoughts and prayers are with Rebecca as uh, she's dealing with the loss of her father this week. And uh, Rebecca, just know we're thinking of you. We all love you. We miss you in the zoo crew. 
and uh, know that you are an OG Zoo Crew member. And because of that, uh, you're very special to us. And, and our thoughts and prayers are with you this this week as you have to go through what your family has to go through. And um, and appreciate you and appreciate all of our supporters at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Erish, Ethan, you guys, thank you so much, man, for coming on and, and doing this with me. It was a good time. It's always fun to be on the show. It's always I fun. Do. It's always fun to have you, little brother. And uh, tell your dad if he wants to talk some comics to get in touch with me. We'll talk some comics sometime. All right. Yeah. I mean, if he's wanting to promote that Civil War too, tell him oh. just tell him to get his butt on the show. I don't know what that was about. Wanted <laughs> me to mention it. Ah, uh, so he is a longtime diehard True Bendis fan. So, Ethan, you're a podcaster in the making, my friend. You may take over the gentleman podcaster about town title from me if you're not careful. <laughs> He'll be the young gentleman podcaster That's right. about town. That's right. Uh, Erish, thanks uh, as always, brother. Thanks so much. Always good to have you on, my friend. Hey, happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you guys. Hope 2016 treats you great. Uh, you can email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. On Twitter, it's at geekoutloud, at Steve Glosson. Erish is at Darth underscore Duff. And, of course, if you want to follow the entire Goloverse, you do so at Goloverse. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekoutloud. Thanks again to Ethan and Erish. What a good time. Uh, Erish, I feel like we're always outshined by young Ethan. That's why I suggest that we keep bringing them on. You know, I get to listen to this all the time. So. <laughs> we should. You know, I, lo- I love that others get to hear this, too. Indeed, indeed. Hey, I just want to thank, you know, I'm getting a lot of tweets and stuff from people who are listening to the show. I just want to thank them for uh, reaching out. Appreciate them listening. Appreciate all the feedback and comments and stuff. So I'm glad that people are enjoying listening to our conversations. Oh, man. I, listen, you, you, you've you made the podcast over the past few months and years, bro. So, well, it's it, I have a blast and, you know. I love being on with you, my brother. From yes, another sir. Mother. Yes, sir. We're going to have to get together and hang out sometime now. Yes, definitely. All right, everyone. That's going to wrap it up for us here on Geek Out Loud. Until next time, for Ethan, for Erish, I'm Steve Glosson, and we'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. Don't forget to stick around after the music for uh, a very special Force Awakens roundtable. Okay, this is what it does, guys. You gotta go bum 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 In the great halls of the Justice League of the Justice League. No, you're too well you're Riley? Yes. They say we sound like the Jesus choir. In the great halls of the Justice League. Of the Justice League. Of the Justice League. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, we're talking Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Everyone's been wondering what my reaction is. Get ready to get disappointed. On this, this is the Geek Out Loud podcast. Boom, 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 back down. That's got a cool bass line. You don't have to just film me, Bethany. There's a whole 
There's a whole cast of characters at the that table. That there so are. Let's yeah. do this. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the internet, at least for a few more minutes. My name's Steve Glosson. So glad to be along with you on this very, very special episode coming to you live from the home of a lady who we've all come to know and love dearly, uh, Miss Lori. We're talking about Teresa's mom. We're going to go ahead right Hi, now and Lori. say she has been super kind to put us up this weekend or this week. And uh, as we have enjoyed our time watching Star Wars The Force Awakens one with another. And uh, we're going to talk about The Force Awakens. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Get ready. Spoiler alert. Spoilers abound. So uh, mm-hmm. we're just going to spoil the crap out of this thing, and we're going to do it again and again and again over the course of the next few episodes <laughs> as we bring in people like Eric Schernevis, as we bring in people like um, Eric Schernevis, as uh, <laughs> my cousin Jason, who a lot of people know from Mark Out Loud and Geek mm-hmm. Out Loud and the Big Honkin' Show. He's He's been calling, so I'm probably going to try to get him on. Uh, we're just going to, it's going to be a, a celebration of, of Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Uh, so get ready. But to help do that, from the Star Wars report, uh, he likes to call himself the founder and chief executive officer or whatever he does. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, the sickly Riley Blanton. Commander-in-chief of the Star Wars The commander-in-chief <laughs> of, of Star Wars report. Hey, how's it going, Steve? I'm doing well. And sitting across the table from me is uh, the lovely, the talented, the powerful, Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. I can't get my sleeve off. (laughs) All right. All good. Sorry. Hello, Teresa. Hello, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for putting up with us this weekend. We've had a good time Mm -hmm. with you and Mama Lowe. I think she's hung out with you more than I have. Yeah, that's true. Me and Mama Lowe, we had a good time today. Your mom, as we learned, your mom, as we learned, is an enabler. She in is a, all of the best ways. In all of the geekdom stuff, she is a total enabler. And uh, in all the podcasting stuff, a total enabler. So, And also now working <laughs> the camera, you all know her and love her from Star Wars Report. She is um, one, of the, uh, one of the great bastions of female fandom in yeah. the I'm country. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Bethany Blanton. Hello, Bethany. Hello, Steve. Good to Hello, have you. everybody. Good to have you on the old Geek Out Loud with us, talking some Star Wars. I'm a Bastion. Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Bastion, was Bastion the name of the lead character on Never Ending Story? What was his Sebastian. Name? Se- was it Sebastian? No. <laughs> it was like Basil or something weird. Didn't he have a weird name? Well, maybe it was Bastion. Something weird. Yeah, yeah. And Atreyu. Atreyu! All right, what Steve. did he name that girl? What did uh, he name the childlike empress? Sailor Moon? No, it's something like that. She's like, Bastion, you must give me a name. And he's like, Moonbeam. <laughs> Or something weird like right. Pac-Man cereal. I'm I'm gonna cut in Steve just to say for for the uh, live viewers on Periscope. Mm-hmm. Every time someone joins, yeah. I'm going to just shout the Force Awakens spoilers so that they okay, know. Okay, that's fine. Thank spoilers. you so much. Yeah, Guys. Force Awakens spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. So here we go. Uh, any does no one know the name that he said, Miss Lori? Do you know? You know the Neverending Story? Are you familiar with that movie? Nope. Luck, good luck, Lucky Dragon, and everything. I think it was something like Moonchild or something. Someone it was some big, hippie giant mess. Dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was his name? Falcor. He was a luck dragon, right? Falcons fly with yes. destiny. Uh, <laughs> yes. 
man. Such perfect timing, too. Oh, man. Um, Teresa, let's start with you here with this discussion because I want to talk about the fact that you were at a press screening earlier this week, and you can go to Fangirl Next Door mm-hmm. and read Teresa's experience with that. But, Teresa, what what is your overall just right out of the gate, overall general impression of Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens? With spoilers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, it's awesome. I yeah. left there going, this is amazing, and I can't talk about it to mm-hmm. anybody. So your, first, so your first viewing, you were all about it. Like yeah. Your first viewing, you were like. Mm-hmm. But I had to be like super subdued. and sure. like, it's it, sure. It's good. You know, I think we'll all enjoy it. Yeah. You did a good job with your poker face. Did I? You were. Yeah, I mean, you were. La- you had it. the poker face of Lady Gaga. You were like, Well, this may have been because I placed an embargo on Teresa and threatened her very life. It's true. Look at this. Look at those camera skills. Evil Bethany. Evil Bethany. Yeah, it was good camera skills. Like you got yourself right in there. I was impressed. I was quite impressed with you doing that. See, I have no idea if it actually works. It did. That's what I'm telling you. Oh, very, very effective. Yeah, you, you, great job, great job. Riley, overall thoughts and impressions, just real quick, you know, three sentences max. I'll give you one. It's good. really, really good. Okay. Shot. All right. That would be like, if I were to sum up my initial impression and now having had some more time to process it, which is this, this is the Star Wars, I'm totally violating my one sentence thing. As a Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> what else is new? saying Geek Out Loud was meant for Periscope. Oh, yeah? Well, yes. that's because um, I'm such a cute fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, this movie has required more processing than any Star Wars movie has before for me, just to really like mm-hmm. get a feel for what I do think. But it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bethany, your initial thoughts and feelings about <laughs> Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Oh man, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, I was almost so emotional about it going into it that I, I did not. Like I couldn't Spoiler take it all. Alert. I couldn't take it all in in the first showing, and I actually I think I liked it better on the second showing, which is saying a lot because I loved it the first time around. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Steve, mm. how about you? Initial reactions. Well, I'm so glad you asked. Let me uh, hold on a second. Uh, I'm a little nervous here. <laughs> I uh, here's um. Mm. Well, you know. Uh, mm. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear, dear. Were you just remixing it? What was that? No, it's from a Disney movie. It's from Piglet. Oh, okay. Was he cold or something when he did that? I mean, maybe. Hey, you do vault talk. I thought you would know this. I got to catch up. I mean, I'm. We covered. Boo Bear already. We did. We co- oh bother. We are recovering oh, it with me. But we didn't cover the Piglet movie because that's not in the official but he canon. He talks like that in Piglet. Boo oh, yes. Bear. Is your mama writing production notes? <laughs> it's Bastion. It is Bastion. 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 Oh, thank you. Oh, okay. oh my gosh, we've got like a producer over there, information Ooh. finder. This is great. Oh. So Miss Lori's theme, Mama Lowe's theme, is let me Google that for oh. you. <laughs> Um, so or you got to do it, but it's not let me. It's let Mama Low Google that for you. Let Low Google that for you. Ooh, ah. gospel! That gospel's that coming a, out. Yeah, yeah, 
Anyhow, uh, so what were we talking about? My reactions? reactions? My reaction to Force Awakens. Initial. I am glad that everyone liked it. I'm glad that everyone's excited about Star Wars. I'm glad that everyone loves it. And, uh, and, and I couldn't be more excited that the rest of the world seems to be in love with this movie. That was, that was my initial reactions. So, uh, spoiler alert, everyone on The Force Awakens, in case you just joined us. Um, so, yeah, that's my initial reactions. As I, you know, and, and you guys know because you were with me and you made me talk, even though I didn't want to talk oh, about it. Oh, we did. It. Yeah. Because I don't want to live in a world where I don't like Star Wars. That's, that's, that's not a world that I want to exist in. And, um, and I was having to come to grips with a lot of things as we left that movie theater last night. But let's talk about, before we get to that, let's talk about the experience of being in the movie theater. Many of you were with us as we bought tickets. Many of you were there uh, as we made the purchase, or as Teresa's, made the, as Teresa's mother made the purchase, <laughs> yes. with Teresa breaking in with updates and everything else. And uh, finally, Mama Lo just said, I'm going. I'm just going to go buy them for you guys. That's what I'm going to do. And um, when it all was said and done, she had made sure that we all had tickets to go uh, to the Alamo the Alamo, the Alamo Draft House, and uh, and view said film together. And what a, I mean, my first time at the Alamo Draft House, Riley and Bethany. Yep, of course, time. Riley and Bethany's first time at the Alamo Draft House. I mean, yeah. Who are we kidding? Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Thank. <laughs> to quote a to quote a particular morning show that I love and have loved for years. They ain't never been nowhere. Um, and there'll be a few people who in the audience who get that, but. Um, the the whole idea of being at this place this is Alamo Draft House for those who don't know and who doesn't know hi Stephanie is um, spoiler spoiler alert for Star Wars is um, all about movie fandom and watching movies and everything so there were some great events going on uh, I like the band that that played yes uh, the first band with all the wins and everything. yeah they had like yeah. it's a full brass ensemble i loved well, it well it, i'll say it was what like, we'd call a, um, a, a very interesting marching band that uh <laughs> it was march it was it, yeah it was it was band geeks from high school oh, who all got yeah, together and wanted to continue on they were like we want to keep playing yeah let's play some star wars music and put <laughs> and what, what are those we'll put they rope, probably got we'll together monday too they the put tuba. rope lights on the tuba and the trombone and the trombone yeah yeah so uh, they played, and then there was another group play that was just doing a lot of like Star Wars music via their rock and roll instruments, as it were. Let me just say that. I mean, that how that uptight was... did that sound, by the way? The... Could I sound more uptight about what was going on? <laughs> they were playing their rock and roll instruments, <laughs> yeah. uh, such as the guitar and such as the bass. And such as Those the drums, kids with their rock and, roll. and such as the electric synthesizing keyboard. And this is me and Bethany during the Darth Maul rendition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, because podcasting is an audio medium. Uh, Beth, That's uh, true. I Teresa just, did this just really uh, crazy. Yeah. We'll have to. What we need to do is get the percolator going. Oh. The percolator. <laughs> that was an excellent punctuation on the end of that, who, Bethany. I don't know who you are. Um, but also... You, you do this to me, Steve. <laughs> also, what was super cool was behind the bands playing, um, they had old Kenner Star Wars toy commercials playing. 
And I'm just sitting there with Mama Lo. I'm like, I got that. I've got that. I've got that figure. I've got that toy. I've got that. I've got that. And then they played the trailers for each movies, one through six, in order. They played the theatrical trailers. And, of course, no sound was all you could hear were the bands playing with their rock and roll instruments and um, and such as. But then there was also they had a DJ, and, and they had a cool loop that I want for a screensaver, which was yeah. Vader's funeral pyre but it never moved from just vader sitting there and, and i couldn't find where the loop was i could not i was watching really intently and couldn't find where the loop was on the flame but i mean it was a really cool loop of him just laying there and just burning forever are you procrastinating from talking about the actual movie or just trying to share the whole experience i'm just talking about our experience we okay. wrote out riley bethany and i wrote out the from Fayetteville, the, Georgia. let's be honest riley and bethany did the writing you did the driving Okay, well, uh, we wrote Steve, out. Steve. We wrote, wrote right out. <laughs> Regulators. That's a Young yeah. Guns Roll reference. I Y'all know Young like Guns? That. Y'all know Young Guns? No, anyone? No. W. No. <laughs> Percolator. W. Oh, yeah, Scott Rifen I'll have on Geek Out Loud, too, by the way. So, yeah, I've, that's oh, another one okay. we'll be talking to, I'm sure. I'm, I'm just assuming he'll hear this and be like, where are you going to have me on Geek Out Loud? I didn't say I'd come on Geek Out Loud. So... I don't know. It's um, not probably my Star Wars anyway. story. Not, uh, in 1977. <laughs> Somebody got your reference, Steve. Oh, yeah? Young Guns reference. Oh, that reference. Yeah. Well, yeah. I said Young Guns. Anyone seen Young Guns? So they cheated. So they cheated. And so, yeah. So we were here. We were excited to be here. We, we got here. We went to the movie. We saw the movie. We had food. And um, shout out to Home Slice Pizza down in down in South Austin. Um, good times, good food. I never went back and got my hat. Oh, oh. I was going to get me a cowboy hat, guys. I really oh, dug yeah. it. That was that was amazing. Going yeah, for the Filoni. It was a good look. Yes, yeah. Who's going to get Filoni'd now? That's my question. <laughs> yeah. Being Filoni'd, ladies and gentlemen, is when you tick off Dave Filoni and he throws that hat at you and knocks you out. <laughs> Yeah. So I will. I will. I, it is now. I am the Felonier. The Felonius. The Feloni. Oh, Swinimer joined. Felonius. Swinimer. It's Swinimer. Swinimer. All right. So let's get into it, guys. All right. Force Awakens. What we've got some info coming through right now from uh, a brand new update uh, live Thank on you, the Ms. desk Laurie. from Miss Lori. We've got, uh, we've oh, got no. an update. Calm down, Teresa. That is Sorry. loud. <laughs> Sorry, that's supposed to go over here. There, there you go. That's. <laughs> Breaking news. We have something to report. That's good um, news. Mom, what is this number four? Is this a one-day number? Come closer, number? I have good news. What is this number four? Is it a one-day number? or? Have we, got, have we got box office in? We have some. We've got numbers in. We do. Wow, uh, I saw really? The, yeah, the Thursday night um, numbers are Thursday, insane. The Thursday only. Teresa's not Thursday good with numbers, y'all. The Thursday only numbers. So mm-hmm. showing for Thursday from 7 a.m. that only went until midnight. Mm-hmm. Now, I and just as for perspective, right like the previous record haulers, like 30-something million okay. for a no, Thursday night. No, 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 nope, no, no, nope. no, no. Negative, negative. Um, we've, got, we've got our producer... But he was saying there. the previous record but that's holder. That's not it. Oh, <laughs> he's not right. Well, let's find All out. All right, so here we go. Um, previous record holder was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows yeah. Part Two with forty-three and a half million dollars in wow. twenty eleven. You were way off. Riles. I was like, like at least by three Riles million. Was way off. 
Star Wars mm-hmm. did 57 million just for Thursday night. Wow. Just that for it Thursday did. night. Record opening. And it has done $130 million worldwide. Already. Just, just for since, Thursday. Just for Thursday. Yeah, just since Wednesday. Okay. So since, so since Wednesday, Wednesday, a hundred and how much? Thirty million. Thirty million. Wow. So fifty-seven million just for Thursday, <laughs> and so the number we're going for, we're going for a couple of numbers here. Opening weekend, we're trying to beat Jurassic World, which was at two hundred and eight point eight. I mean, I million. think we got that, don't we? Well, we'll see. Uh, I mean, if I we're mean, already, I mean, I know 57 we will. I know we will. Night. I know we will. But um, let's just be let's be cautious. All right, we want it to beat Jurassic World. We want it to beat Jurassic World for a couple of reasons. Um, I mean, if you watch the red carpet, George Lucas wants. Ca- well, it, well, there was that, but um, Kathleen Kennedy's husband worked on mm-hmm. Jurassic World. Well, it's so, his movie studio, right? So yeah. that's why yeah. she would like to beat it. Um, but that's a big number to beat. So I will do that. And then the big goal is beating Avatar. And the domestic box office over yeah. the oh, lifetime yeah. of the movie being in theaters, we need to beat like seven hundred and sixty million or something yeah. like that. The chat thinks it's going to beat it. I don't I see so. how it can't. I don't see how it can't beat it. By the way, we're doing the Periscope Zoo Crew tonight instead of the Mixler Zoo Crew. So, mm-hmm. heart it up, guys. I don't know what hearts do for us, but do it anyway. <laughs> but they look really cool. Yeah, look really cool. Um, up, oh, they're hearting. The hearts are purple and yellow. Mine are purple. Uh, Anyhow, okay. So here we we got more information coming in. Wow. Uh, uh, Um, Disney is projecting Friday's total at over a hundred million dollars just for Friday. Wow. Yeah. And so if you if you follow that out, if you do the math out, you're looking at a three hundred million dollar opening weekend. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, it's huge because how much did this movie number one cost to make? It couldn't have cost more than two hundred million dollars. Just over two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So. You're talking about the weekend, the first weekend goes ahead and breaks the production cost. Now, obviously, there's advertising beyond that that they that they spend a lot of money on. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't see how this isn't just going to be mind-bogglingly ridiculous as far as the numbers they do. Three hundred and fifty-four days until Rogue One, according to <laughs> Swinimer in the chat. Swinimer and hi, Craig. Are nice we, to see you too. Are we already looking forward to Rogue One at this point? I mean, are, no, we, are we now no. looking? No, I'm not yet. I, mean, I haven't seen it ten times least. in the theater. <laughs> Still a lot to process. Yeah. A lot to There's process. a lot to process. Yeah. There's, there is. That's the one thing I noticed after seeing it that first time for the press screening is that there's too much. The emotions were so high when you see it the first time that you come out of it really overwhelmed, like just trying to understand what you even saw. And the second time you go, you start to understand things a little bit more. You start enjoying yourself a little bit more. And then like the third time, because, well, I've seen it three times. Y'all have seen it twice. But the third time I'm like, okay, I can pick up on certain things. And you find little things like, spoiler alert. Yes, spoilers. Yeah, big spoilers. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi's voice saying Ray during her vision sequence, you know, and things that you miss. Yeah, I want to see that Ray's vision sequence again, just because there is so much in there. I want to download that sequence and just pause through it and so that I can see every single shot. Bethany, I believe that would be illegal. I think she's talking about in April. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not available for download right now. <laughs> <laughs> or is it, Steve? Uh, I, I couldn't oh. tell you. I doubt it. I'm sure someone snuck a camera oh, in yeah, somewhere, somewhere somehow and, and got it. 
Um, but this is such a cultural event of a film that it's one of those things that people have to actually be in theaters, which is what I love about it because that's why it's hitting the top end of the projection. They want James Arnold Taylor to have voiced Obi-Wan. I think he did. I really think he did. That's that. I'm going to try to find out. Um, Riley, you got to get off this cultural event crap. Star Wars. It's a cultural event, man. Riley, you're not going to come on my show and start this mess. (laughs) Star Wars in 1977 was a cultural shift in pop culture. This well, is see, just. You didn't this say is it was just. A shift. Hey, hey! <laughs> Don't come on my show and take over. Hey, what I'm, what I'm saying is, everybody is, loves Star Wars. Right, it's an event. It's it is an event, but it's I, but you keep going to this event. cultural thing. You really want this to be that big earthquake that was Star Wars in '77. It's just not going to happen. Maybe not to you. I think that uh, that it's going to be a big earth-shaking event for the kid generation right now. And we may not feel it because we have already kind of been through some of that, but I really think it will be for the kids out there because this movie is going to appeal to them so much. Do you think so? Because yeah, I don't see it. I don't I do. see it. I don't see it. I, I agree. I do. I think that there's like BB-8. Like the kids are going to attach to BB-8 the way that people, kids okay. attach to R2. The character of BB-8, you're right, definitely is going to appeal to kids. But the story, and I, I just feel I think like they it's will. not there. I feel like. See, and I, th- I and we kind of talked about this before, but like I think that it is there. And I think for that. The, I mean, for the kids, I just don't feel like it's there. I, I think that they're going to be able to get attached to Ray. Um, really quickly and to her story and wanting to know what's going on with her and being able to see what she saw in that vision, wanting to run away because she's scared, but then realizing that there's a bigger place in the world for her to be, you know, and just accepting it. Mm -hmm. And she has those moments of going, okay, I need to accept what this new situation is. Mm -hmm. The chat Um, says it's there. So I think the story really is there. Um, and especially, like, the kids are going to, they'll get attached to Poe and what's going on with the resistance and to Finn. I think a lot of kids are probably really upset about Finn, thinking that he might have died. Um, I think they're going to attach to Kylo Ren, or who I affectionately call Renbin. Um, and uh, I just, I don't know. I think it's there. I really do for those kiddos. I just, I don't know. I don't know that it is. I think that when you, when you start talking about... Um, the things that work for kids in the original, it, the fun's, I see there's comedy, but the fun's not there. I honestly come to a point where I feel like, and if we can, I mean, I, I hate to go this route. I'm glad everyone's loving it, and I'm excited for everyone to love this movie, and I'm excited for Star Wars to be around and be around for a long time, but I feel like that there's too much blatant fan service going on in this movie. See, but the kids won't necessarily realize that. Like, a lot of the kids won't pick up on those things. Maybe they might pick up on it later as they get older, but right now it's just going to be one of those things that they're like, oh, they had that in that other movie, right? Because, I, I mean, I have a nephew who's, well, almost 15 and one that's almost six, and I know they're going to love it. Like, I know Luke's going to love that. Like, he's going to love that. And mm-hmm. it's purely because he's going to think it's just so much fun. And, like, the Millennium Falcon kind of flying upside down, and there's that one sequence where you're kind of like, Whoa, like on its yeah. side, like he's gonna think that that kind of stuff is really awesome. That's true. That's true. Now there, I will say, you you swayed me. Well, even <sighs> even the uh, adults who 
have only seen the Star Wars movies, you know, one or two times in their lifetime who aren't major fans won't notice those aspects of the film as much because they don't have it ingrained into them. Like we can compare shot by shot. We have the ring theory. We've, we've all talked about star Wars for hours upon hours upon hours and watched the movies more times than any of us can count. So we pick up on every little similar, everything that's similar, but adults who are, they like star Wars, but they're not the hardcore fans that we are won't notice it either. Mm -hmm. Well, see, and here's the other thing. Um, that I just feel like that fan serv- that when you do that much fan service, you start to kind of limit yourself as a storyteller. You start to you you start to worry so much about, and I feel like it has been a big concern about what fans want to hear. And I, and I'm starting out with this talk so that we can go super positive as time rolls on, you know, because I look at a few things, and and there's already been talk in in the particular chat we're doing right now on Periscope. There's already been talk about. Uh, this had more heart than the prequels, and this is the movie that one, two, and three should have been, and blah blah blah. Yeah, just make it. See, and I, I can't, I can't, I can't prescribe to that, and I can't or subscribe, whatever that. You hit the right word. Um, and I get everybody has their own opinion. And I get there's a lot of people that are not prequel people, um, but I don't think it's fair to say that they didn't have heart and that they shouldn't have been made and stuff like that because. The prequels were my trilogy. They were my Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yes, I saw Return of the Jedi and A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back when I was a little kid. But the first movies that I saw in the theater that were Star Wars films were these. These the prequels were the ones that I camped out for. I got attached to those characters. I got attached to Padme more so than I ever got attached to Leia. And the heart that is in those films for me, like there are sequences in the prequels that still make me cry. Yeah. That you know they well, they're in my soul, and so I just don't. I can't. I don't like the fact that like this has now become the opportunity to say like oh well this is what the prequel should have been and that's just not fair. Exactly. It's not fair. Let's let's be honest. Uh, the first time that I have memories of Star Wars were lightsaber fights with my friends reenacting scenes from Attack of the Clones. This the, if this film would not be pushed forward by the momentum, it would not be embraced by yes the culture uh but it would not be embraced at the level it is with this these kinds of box office number if it weren't for the phenomenon that was pushed forward during the prequel era and the it's it's our generation uh, that got into star wars during that era that is a huge part of why i think there's this huge built-up anticipation for it to continue well and, and even also because the prequels spawn so many other things <laughs> books, the Clone Wars, Rebels, I don't know if we would have those without the prequel trilogy. Yeah, I... I, I would there be a her universe without the prequel trilogy? I don't know. Because, no, I don't think so. I don't think that, I don't think that Ashley would have had the... the um, what am I saying? The, the FaceTime with, with humanity. The, she wouldn't have had the, the platform to be able to get mm-hmm. something like that going. Had it not been... Because there would have been no Clone Wars. You know, there would have been no Ahsoka Tano. But I, I don't even think you go that route. I don't think it's even that much. I think that the idea of saying, well, this has more heart than the prequels, you just don't get the prequels. Uh, and, and then people talk about too much digital in the prequels. And that was even said here in the chat. Talk started, they went down the digital road. Well, the whole leading up to this movie, it was like, let's smack down the prequels by talking about how we're doing so many practical effects. Let's really focus in on the practical effects. Well, here's what happened with the practical effects in this movie. And I'm going to stand by this. Um, when you watch this film, to me, 
there, there's not a good, it looked better in 3D than it did in 2D. I'll say this, but there's not the best melding with, of the practical with the digital because they do a lot of digital. And so when someone digital is on screen, when a digital character like a Maz Kanata, who I love, like a Snoke, which we figured out kind of who he is, not what he is. Voldemort, what? Yeah, Vold- you're right, Voldemort light. <laughs> um, you know, when these digital things are happening, there's not a good melding. There's not a good crossover between those two because what well, we're going... And there's some of those practical effects that look ridiculous, i.e. the birds pecking on the metal. <laughs> I mean, guys, I don't... Again, I... We're going negative right now, so we can get positive later. But, but, I, but those birds pecking on that metal at the beginning is just—it's ridiculous. The, funny. It, it's funny, but it's just like it's—it's it's faker than anything we saw, it's, even in Jabba's palace or or in the canteen. Well, maybe I feel like that frog sequence or whatever in Return of the Jedi that gets that thing. No, I. But no, no, that played for humor. These played to try to make some kind of environment mm, on Jakku. Yeah. And and that and I'm, my my problem is not that they were there. My problem is that they were blatantly animatronic birds sitting there um, that looked too much like Earth birds anyway, Earth vultures. And it's just like, come on. Well, it's it's kind of like it's not necessarily that they were bad quality fully. For me, it was that I could tell when things were practical and when things were digital, which meant that uh, what you said about the blending is more accurate because there are moments where this feels like the prequels, this feels like the OT uh, and more in the filmography aspect of things. Uh, you know, the birds were obviously puppets. There were some other very obvious puppetry or animatronics that when set right next to something that's also entirely digital, like Maz Kanata surrounded by puppets is when you can notice it. Mm-hmm. See, and like, and I'm one of those people that I don't pick up on that stuff. I don't, I have a really hard time telling between CGI and practical effects unless it's just like really, really, really obvious. So for me, like I didn't see it. That doesn't mean it's not there. It just means that I didn't see it. I mean, obviously there was the practical effects of the, um, like the explosions and stuff. But like the big, pig monster thing <laughs> <laughs> you talking about like, hog squaddle as he's been yeah. called yeah um that was drinking the water yeah yeah like i don't know if that was a puppet or if it was cgi it was a giant set piece like, okay so then that was real so like i think his butt might have been cgi <laughs> <laughs> and like i know that the that creature was the one happy guy on on jakku <laughs> i know the creature that time. tito was on um, was, yeah. That was practical. Those were people, but mm-hmm. then it was CGI'd. Like it was practical, but you could see their legs in the filming, and they CGI'd. The right, they painted it out. Yeah, they, whatever. They painted it out. So, like, I know that, but so I guess I don't. I don't know. Those little moments like that when you're painting stuff out, though, that's um, that's not. That's not the type type of stuff people talk about when they talk about CGI. See, they're see, talking about talking they're about. talking about your CGI characters like your Maz Kanata, like your Jar Jar Binks, like your 
like your your big set pieces in your backgrounds, like in your Tatooine on the pod racer and that sort of thing. So, like, I purposely watched, like, the scene with Maz Kanata and Ray because I knew you guys were talking about that, like, to see if it looked real to mm-hmm. me, like, between them two. And I thought it looked... 3D funny. looked a lot better than 2D. And that's and that's rare for me to say something like that. Is the three D yeah. looked a lot better than the two? You're kind of a three D snob. Like I, I, I don't. don't. Oh, so am I. I don't. I do not like three D mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, I don't. But oh. uh, listen, I have I a do. broken eye though, so that's probably. How do you uh. feel about three D, Ross? I'm a big fan of three D. You would be. <laughs> Let me tell you the best part about seeing it in three D. What's that? My mom leaning over to me and going. There's like a Death Star in my face. There's no a Star Destroyer. <laughs> a star Destroyer. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that moment where the Star Destroyer was on screen, pointed right at screen. Yeah, she's like, there's like a Star Destroyer in my face. Um, the other thing, the other thing I've got to say just critically about, and that, that really bothered me coming away from our first screening is, and I said this, and I've said this on Geek Out Loud, I've said this from the get-go is that Star Wars has a visual language to the storytelling. There's a way the camera moves or doesn't move. There is um, the, there is the way that you see things. There are wipes and there's transitions to scenes and everything that, that need to be present in Star Wars so that it, to, for me, feels like a Star Wars movie. And a lot of that is gone and a lot of that has changed. And Mama Lowe has helped me realize that, you know, maybe it's just me mourning the loss of George Lucas and the Lucasian way of doing things, but the Lucasian way of doing things is what got us here. And, and so I just, I kept noticing these things and these different types of camera shots and the movement of the camera, uh, more than what we would have had in a, in a George Lucas filmed star Wars movie. And, um, and that, and that took me out. Now, having said all of that, ladies and gentlemen, um, the character of Poe Dameron, is probably one of my favorite new Star Wars characters ever. Uh, Riles, tell me, what do you, how do you feel about old Poe? Uh, he's my favorite character in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, hands down. And really? it's just because there's a charm yeah. and like a, a, a classical original trilogy feel. Riley's got his picture pose on, guys. What? Hey, oh. by the way, spoiler alert for uh, episode seven, guys. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, spoiler uh, Because there's... There's such an emotional buildup and tension at the beginning of watching this movie for the first time that when there's this brief pause when Podameron confronts Kylo Ren for the first time on screen and you're wondering what's going to happen and he goes, wait, so you, do you talk or do I talk? How does, How does this work? How does this work? Who talks first? And he says, and that was just, it I have, a, I have like, a hard time hearing you with all this apparatus. Yes, yes. I can't understand you with all that in your face. Yeah. He, um, yeah, Poe, and also, you know, Best palette in the galaxy, apparently. Can I just say he's gorgeous? <laughs> uh, Oscar Isaac. He's like yeah. I did not expect to be a Poe fan. I'm not. I'm not really a fan of the whole pilot shtick. So I've never really necessarily <laughs> been attracted to, like, oh, let's watch Top Gun, yay, or anything like that. And that while I re- I've really liked the X-Wing pilots, it's I just didn't expect to like Poe as much as I did. And I really like Poe. He's so hilarious. He looks different in every so scene. he's so down to earth. This is true. Poe looks different in every scene. Oscar Isaac has like the best stunt doubles or like brothers <laughs> playing hair. him. As well. it's, you he think it's just time. his hair? It's just his hair. He takes time yeah. to style his hair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's the best pilot. He yeah. has to. He has to look the part. Well, he he's and he the was poster boy. Some people asking about him escaping from Jakku. I just got the sense he said we crashed at night. He said I woke up that night. You were gone. The ship was gone, 
And I just figured he got to some kind of outpost and radioed for help. I mean, that's, you know, and, yeah. they, and they came I and mean, picked you know him what? up. I mean, you know what? He's the best damn pilot in the galaxy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Although I will say that that's one of the uh, instances where it might have been show, don't tell. I would have loved to see uh, his, how he made it back. Yeah. He, I, showed, I mean, he yeah. showed up very abruptly like, oh, there he yeah. is. There he is in that, in that, in that X-wing, in his black X-wing. Oh. So, um, and, and Finn, Finn was just solely excited. Let's talk about Finn. I mean, let's talk about that bromance. Oh, that was two one eight seven. Adorable. Spoiler alert yes. for uh, spoiler alert for episode seven, gang. Uh, the bromance between what's that ship, guys? If we're going to ship Finn and Poe, is it Foe? Is it Pin? Is it? Uh, I say, I say, Pin. Finn Dameron. Uh oh. Oh my oh. God! What is that? Is that for me? It's mine. <laughs> what? <laughs> this this. That's a Poe build a bear. That is, adorable. That is amazing. And Teresa thinks she it should be it was, hers. That was that was great. <laughs> All the heartbreak. <laughs> it's oh. Teresa's cuddle buddy for now. Yes. The pin I, and foe. The pin and the pin and foe. Foe and pin. Finn and Finn and Poe ship it's name. The, it's shipper. The, it's the. I like. I like kind of. I kind of like foe. I like pin. Pin. Bro, man. Bro, man, I just I love how they just hit it off like right from the get go. There aren't any complications. There's no long get to know you process. There's no brooding secretiveness between the characters. It's just straight up. It's just good to meet you, Poe. Good, good to, to meet, meet you, Finn. You. Yep, we're awesome. It's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Story about pilot, that bear. Huh? Story about that bear. It actually came from the Goodwill. Yeah. Yeah. It was a three dollar bear. Three dollar bear Goodwill. from the Goodwill, yeah. even though it was a build a bear bear. Mm-hmm. So you know it's a build a bear bear. Finn does something that apparently is different for for, for stormtroopers. He kind of he he has a conscience. Yes, and so and I liked the fact that they they didn't have to tell a backstory as to why. And that you can just take it at face value. It's one of those things you're dropped in the middle. Well, they did though. They, I mean, they got into it when they talked about the conditioning and, and needing to recondition him. And then someone mentioned even this is why we should just go get a clone army. Yes. It was Kylo Ren that said, "Are you sure that you shouldn't just use a clone army?" Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so I, I and think... I would just like to say, yeah, go ahead, go get a clone, go get army. A clone army. Go get a clone army. That's right. Let's see what happens to you. We'll get some more Rexes, some more Wolves, <laughs> some more Gregors. <laughs> Well, and see, I don't think what Finn does may not be that unusual. Maybe the degree to which he takes it, but the fact that they have this entire process of how to deal with a stormtrooper who is essentially getting a conscience and they're going to reprogram them shows that they're having problems with it. The fact that they immediately say, okay, you're going to have your blaster checked. You're going to report into this station. Right. You're going to get reevaluated. So, like, there's this. a process. Yeah, there's an entire process that Captain Phasma lays out. And Finn apparently knows the process well enough that he escapes. So. Well, there's a comment in the chat that um, Finn kills, you know, other stormtroopers. And yeah, but that's to But get- here's the thing, like. When you're when it's time to get away, you're gonna do whatever you got to do to get yeah, away. Yeah, it's kill or be killed at that yeah. point, and and the, and he recognizes that the bad guy. <laughs> the first order is called the evil in the galaxy, you know. And this does something we've never seen before. We've never followed the story of a stormtrooper who's decided I'm going to have a conscience. I mean, we've had Tag and Bink in the comics, and we've had uh, uh, other things happen, you know, where where maybe you've had some different stories like that, but we've never seen a stormtrooper grow a conscience and then followed him through we've never followed that through to see what happens 
And I also like how untrained he was that, you know, he can't just get in a ship and pilot it. And that's something new to the Star Wars universe because you kind of just assume anybody can get in a ship and fly it. But Poe's like, I need a pilot. I need a pilot. Guys, no, I can't. Finn, Finn. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Finn's like, I need a pilot. I need a pilot. No, he's all like, uh, he's like, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do to save you and to let you free. <laughs> yeah, you need a pilot. No, you need a pilot. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, need a I, pilot. I need a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Um, I'm trying to find you on Periscope right now. At Steve Lawson on the Twitter. Okay. Um, let's talk about Phasma for a minute, just because there's some comments in the chat about Phasma. A big old Cap- nothing Phasma. Cap- but here's the thing. Phasma. It's not Gwendolyn Christie's fault, and it's not no, the not way that all. she did the character's fault. It's, no. I mean, and I hate to say it, but it's, it's the writing. It's the writing, and so it's JJ and Kasdan's fault that they didn't make her yeah. more of a presence. Right. I don't think she's dead. I think that she's going to be around, and um, so I think we'll see more of her and maybe a stronger presence well, there's, of her. Yeah, there's so much um, presence in the marketing. I, I can't yeah, imagine. I, she's yeah. got to be stronger as we go forward, but they definitely hyped her up and did not put enough phasma in Well, I mean. let's, talk about, let's talk about another presence in the marketing that was nowhere to be seen in the movie, and that is Constable Zuvio. No, I think I know where he was. <laughs> he was in the vision. He's in the vision. But that's it. Like It's like... <laughs> Constable Zuvio is like, and I'm like, why do I have this figure? Why did I buy Sucker. this figure? Exactly. There's no Sarko Plank. I never see Sarko Plank in this thing. I never see anything. I'm wondering where the, the the Imperial Snow, well, not Imperial, but the First Order Snowspeeder is. It was in there. I could not find yeah, him. The it was second in there. viewing. They didn't just use it as a. They didn't just use it in the snow though. They used it also in the sand. It's just a speeder. Uh, like it was there. Yeah, it was definitely there, multiple times. Gotcha. Yes, Bethany, you look like you're about to say something. Well. Uh, I, mm, it honestly, the Captain Phasma thing on the second viewing really bothered me. Yeah. There's one it scene did too. Yeah. Really bothered me. You we talked. We talked about this. We'll There's, talk about what scene. So it, it, I think it would have been kind of cool if it was alluded to that she's really cool, and then we'll find out in a future movie a super super badass kind of Attack of the Clones style. Oh, Riley. 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 What? What language? This is geek out loud. <laughs> Wait, that's 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 this is prohibited. Not the Star Wars report. I know, I know. It is, it's not the uh, the the, you, the racy you hardcore. Your, you keep your poop mouth over on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now, you poop mouth. Hey, you, you know poop. what? Respect others around you in the kind of language. Uh, that they <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys are so mean. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's a little inside. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I finally found so, you on Paris. So like, I did, oh no, oh that's it bothered me though. Like so she, but there was a moment where it was let, accentuated. Let talk, you you're in timeout right now, Custer. Let Bethany talk. <laughs> oh goodness, what bothered you, Bethany? It it was the fact that she, I, we see her stalking around, giving orders, and really doing nothing else. And and that was what bothered me. Oh, I thought you, know, you had a specific instance, mind. Riley, go ahead. You said the one scene. <laughs> you go because well, I like your specific he, instance. He you had. brought it up, so I wanted to give him the specific instance. Well, that's sweet of you. Am I allowed to talk now? I just said I called on you. I called on you. <laughs> I was just double checking. Talk, uh, monkey, talk. <laughs> oh my gosh, what just happened? All right, so uh, who are you, and what are you doing with Bethany? 
Uh, this is your own So there's this one scene. That's, this is, and this is the moment where it could have been really cool uh, alluding to something that's, that without having to show it. Because you don't have to show stuff to be cool. But I feel like a very, very salient point needs to be made right now. Salient. So, <laughs> you got to quit using that word. <laughs> I feel like it, it's accentuated nicely by the Poe Dameron bear. Build-A-Bear. Uh, was the moment that they that Han Solo and Finn hold her up, and they're like, all right, let's turn off the shield to the super weapon that is far more powerful and bigger than the Death Star, which is the single hope of the First Order to rule the galaxy. Let's just turn the key on that thing and then so that we can destroy it. And Captain Phasma, who's... Captain Phasma! Uh, who, who you would think would be the one person who would put up a fight. It's like, okay, all right, we'll do it. And and doesn't do anything. I feel like, though... Both times I saw the movie, I was waiting for, like, a broadsword to be suddenly pulled out and, like, no, and, like, some sort of twist where where the First Order would be defended by what you would think would be such a uh, cool and amazing villain. But it just, I guess for the reasons of the plot to move forward, just didn't happen. <laughs> Craig and Jazz is fine, I'll turn it off. <laughs> Do, that's fine. Exactly. I'll do that. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, I have something to add to that as well. I have some bad spoilers uh, for episode seven, Star Wars episode seven. There was, I was there, so expecting Captain Phasma the to, revenge put of the Force a, Awakens. to put up a fight like that, but to also to do something awesome like be the one to go around with the flamethrower like burning down the village or being the one to fight Finn with that awesome weird... I don't know what that weapon was called that uh, the stormtrooper fought Finn with. Oh, and you mean you mean I, like I expected to see her taking actual physical action and leading the troops. You mean the technology from the prequels uh, taken from the manga guard staff that can deflect a lightsaber? You talking about that weapon that the stormtroopers <laughs> had? Yeah. I mean that's some that's some prequel technology there, but the prequels suck. Um, anyhow, that's my that's sarcasm on my part. I was being sarcastic. I saw that look. Don't you sit sit down. You sit down. <laughs> I saw that look. Um, don't make me stand up, Steve. Exactly. I don't want you to do that. No, I see what you're saying, but I think though that Phasma dropped the shields, thinking, "What are they going to do? They're about they're three guys. I'll have a legion in here in a minute to take them out. And what's going to happen? No one can do. This is a planet. Who unless they've got a Death Star to come blow this mother up." What are they going to do? You know? And now that would have been cool if they would have been like, well, guess what? We just pulled out of mothball storage that we found out the Emperor had laying around, and a Death Star showed up to blow up the uh, Star Killer base. <laughs> now that was <laughs> so, awesome. Like, uh, General, General uh, R2's awoken, and he's found out that there is indeed a, star, a Death Star available for us to use. Like the Maker, we've been saved. <laughs> Oh, wow. And like, and Han and Chewie pilot it by themselves and shoot <laughs> by themselves, baby, baby, hold together, you know, to the Death Star. Um, but yeah, I, no, I think that that might have played into it a little bit. The thing is, I, I feel like there was a lot of her stuff cut. I, I think, think there so. was a lot cut for Captain Phasma. I'm interested mm, to see yeah. the deleted scenes and stuff. Well, and I, I will give the qualifier that. Honestly, the movie had so much going on in it that her character could just be a very small part in this one, uh, similarly to Luke, and could play a very big role in the next one. 
Well, let's say, and if, I wouldn't mind if that was the if case. If she, if she, this, and, this is a complaint of fandom. Meaning, I want more. Please give me more. Right. Not you guys are terrible. If she and something. if she and uh, and Kylo and Hux all survived, I mean, you know, they're basically the first order now. So they've got to. And they, and someone in the chat said this earlier. Like they may have to go after a clone army. That might have been planting seeds for them to have to develop a clone army, you know, and, and then history begins to repeat itself. So, um, well, and how much, this is something I was thinking, I've been thinking about today, but I haven't asked you guys, how much of a threat is the first order now that their precious Starkiller base and tons and tons of their troops got blown up? How much of a threat was the empire after their death star got blown up? But it's been 30 years. Actually, quite a bit, because then the battle of Jakku happened. And if you've read lost stars and you know that they, <laughs> Uh, they um, they didn't just stop after the Death Star was exploded. They uh, went and got new admirals. They, right. Yeah. They, know, I mean, they, they re- promoted people that probably shouldn't have been promoted. Right. They didn't rebuild. You know, they reloaded. Yeah. They reloaded. Absolutely. Exactly. And they just kept going. Yeah. And so the Death Star that has crashed on Jakku is actually the Death Star. God, I cannot speak. Star Destroyer that has crashed on Jakku is um, from that battle over. Jakku from Lost Stars. No, absolutely. And if you read Shattered Empire, it, you can re- hear about how, <laughs> you can hear about how the Imperial Remnant actually rallied. There was a corner that was behind the second Death Star after it exploded, uh, following the Battle of Endor. I was... And if you read, <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But okay, so. And if you read my face, you'll see I don't care. Let's get back to talking about the movie. Okay, so in the movie, mm-hmm. the movie, the New Republic. The main, the, or I should say, the governing branch of the New Republic has the been... The Dead Republic. <laughs> has been explodified. Yes. Completely. We the elimination. But, but Stark and Life of base, education. The difference between the Empire and the First Order is that the Empire was spread out across the entire galaxy, and you get the feeling with the First Order that Starkiller Base was the First Order. That's their home base. That's where almost all of them stay. Maybe but, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Hitler. But maybe Snoke they have was, multiple ones. <laughs> but Snoke wasn't there. And Just so because I feel Snoke's like, not there doesn't mean that... Yeah, but I feel like that Snoke's going to have plenty of protection around him. Snoke's hiding in his house where he keeps himself and his, and his pet little holog- snake and, and his, his little, little hologram projector. And his, and his little worm tail that takes care of him and feeds him. <laughs> He's got like this black bathrobe thing over going like on, right out right outside of a castle just... called Hogwarts and in town called Hogwarts. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. It's Volda. It's Volda Snoke. Volda Snoke. <laughs> Snokeamort. <laughs> well played, sir. He does. What is your opinion on Snoke after the second viewing? Um, Snoke. I, I feel like a they should have just gone, gone with classic hologram technology and not made you think that there's a giant in star wars all of a sudden and um i think that he you you i don't know if it's because of andy circus if it's because he's digital or what but i do think that he is um he is a you when he when he when they get some close-ups on his face i think there's a golem look to him Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he the way his face will scrunch up and, and so yeah. I, did, I scrunched up my face like this. Um, that's scrunching. <laughs> it's scrunching. Um, I uh, but I, I do. I, I saw a little bit of bit of Gollum in him, and um, and I don't know. I mean, I think that obviously the Voldemort connection is there. 
I want to know who he is, though. That's that's my question: is where did this guy come from? If you read aftermath, oh, <laughs> see, Steve can bring up the books too. <laughs> if you read aftermath at the end of aftermath, they're like worried about someone being on another star destroyer. They they say he's here, you know, and like yeah, he's here. And I'm pretty sure that's Snoke. And I wonder if he maybe he is one of those acolytes or the people you know the people in the purple robes and the Death Star yeah. too. Yeah. I wonder if he's like one of them that, that stuck around and, you know, just kind of picked up where the Emperor left off. Um Maybe he's just the Emperor. Because now he's missing like part of his face. Like, I am the, like I, listen. You know? <laughs> My face is rotted off right here. Not so much here. Or here. And he does have the... Not so much here. He doesn't have as much of the... Or here, but right here. Well, I didn't want Steve to like get on to me for saying something on the podcast, but he does have... A butt head. The, the, the butt yeah. head. He's got a butt crack in his head. <laughs> I am offended. Okay. You'll get over it. <laughs> just like, uh, just like uh, the emperor has that butt forehead. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Um, it, it's it's good stuff. Um, we were talking, somehow we got to that. Oh, because of the phasma, we went to Snoke. From Snoke, let's go back now to Kylo. General Hux? Oh, to General Hux? Okay. Yeah. All right, now Kylo Bill Ren. Weasley has gone on a rampage. His speech seemed out of place for Star Wars. No, for it, was very, it was very Hitler. That's why I'm and like, Heil Hitler. Well, and they all were too. All the stormtroopers were too. He, he was he getting emotional. Angry. He's like, <laughs> I just want to be like, what has the Republic ever done to you? Give you freedom? <laughs> we will no longer have the Republic, and they will bow to the First Order. We're up my eyes. <laughs> Look at my eyes watering because I'm so angry. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those situations. I, I, I bought into it. He has this fanatical fervor, mm-hmm. this militant edge to his personality that made me buy it, especially during the second viewing. Yeah, it's he is order. We will have order. That's I actually like, perfect. I feel like uh, I feel like he does a better job, though. Mm-hmm. I I get the sense he wants order. He craves power, and he's going to get both. And, he and that's hates, why he's willing to face up to Kylo. That's Ren. why he hates Rinbin. He hates Rinbin. Kylo Ren for show. I'm turning. Rinbin the, is ooh, too. Look what I have done. Rinbin is too. We're now in widescreen, like a, just like that. Or did it turn it sideways on the periscope? No, no it's it's widescreen. It's oh. widescreen. He yeah. Rinbin is too. Casey, we are spoiling Star Wars what episode is he? seven. What is the word I'm trying to go for? Spoiler alert. What He's are you asking? Too... Boss check, we are spoiling Star Wars episode seven, of course. <laughs> I'm trying to think about what Renbin is. He's he's, he's a fan he's boy. volatile. Oh yeah, Renbin is yeah. a very yeah. volatile. He is the anti Vader. Yeah, he's he's not polished. He's not. You know, he's about ready to explode. He has temper tantrums that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really, I guess it's okay for you to just slash up your view screens and. <laughs> well, and I said this. I said this today when we were eating that he is Darth Vader if Anakin had turned in Attack of the Clones after his mother died. Because yeah. Anakin was ridiculously immature during Attack of the Clones. Right, and Kylo he was, Ren. He was straight up teenager. Kylo Ren is ridiculously immature as well. And here's one of the things though that I find very intriguing about this character is that he's concerned about being seduced by the light. Like, he's got the whole idea of 
what it is to be a Jedi, what it is to be uh, dark light. He's got it all just twisted up. And um, that's, I'd look better in widescreen, guys. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> we are friends. You're my only friend. We are friends. So nice to see you. Um, he... <laughs> we your friends to yeah. the bitter end. The bitter end. Anyhow, when, when you're alone. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, but but he is he's he is volatile because he's immature. I yeah. think that he is a very immature individual, and I think that that plays Hi, into. Raj. I think that that plays into his. Um, his character and and whereas Vader when he was angry and he and he would have his outburst it was always calm cool trash talky and and choky you know he would go choke Kylo is like I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. destroy some property now he's he, Kylo Ren's storyline and that him as a character is the single um, not hardest but the single strangest thing about this film that feel felt especially on first viewing kind of outside the realm of what is uh, what I would expect from Star Wars especially as much homage as is paid uh, even to too much sometimes uh, for uh, the original trilogy I felt like that was the one instance that's totally different than anything we've seen before is this mm-hmm. this kind of villain yeah and and so I I think that I think it's new for for villainly in general where a villain is like literally worried about Becoming good, yes. well, and if like I they're worried say, that they're going to be good. They're it's being not like they think yeah. they're good. It's right. they're worried about All being right. good. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, we are. Um, it's it's late at night. We recognize for you guys on the East Coast that it's late, and uh, we are going to uh, to shut her down. We didn't even talk about Ray, and it, it's Ray's movie. I mm-hmm. mean, at the end of the day, this is Ray's movie, and um, and and. Daisy Ridley did a fantastic job, Riley. We all know how you feel about Daisy Ridley. Yes, we she do. She did a fantastic job of yes, carrying the part that she had to carry. I think that um, her journey is going to be interesting to see. And Mark Hamill looks awesome as mm-hmm. as an old oh, wizened, yes. wizened, 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 <laughs> wizened <laughs> Jedi. Como se as dice, you, really smart. <laughs> um, as you said earlier, he did probably the best acting in the whole movie without a single line of dialogue. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. forget you all you people that think Mark Hamill's an over-actor or whatever. He he did a fantastic job. So, But this is, again, we will be, this is Geek Out Loud. We're going to be doing Star Wars a lot. And as I see it again and, and learn to like it, I will, you know, we'll get there. I'm excited that everyone's excited. I really am. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's I got to sit with it a little bit longer. And um, We can say, I think all of us can say, after your second viewing, you were a lot more accepting than you had yeah, been previously. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Other things that we did not mention, did not say, spoiler alert, Han dies. Uh, <laughs> Leia has weird hair. and uh, Baboon ass, as she calls it. Yeah. And then I, there you go. not my language. <laughs> there you go. No, that's Carrie Fisher. She said it. <laughs> and uh, and also, uh, PZ4CO was mentioned. Never really see him do much of anything, which was kind of disappointing. Again, more characters who just we bought their figures but they're not even hardly in the movie so (laughs) thank you jj and on that note guys thanks to Teresa, the lovely the powerful the talented Teresa delgado thank you bethany blanton uh for doing this and thank you riley blanton check out the star wars report at starwarsreport.com for those guys check out uh fangirls going rogue at fangirls going rogue.com fangirls going rogue.com disney vault talk and star wars bookworm oh 
<laughs> Star Wars Bookworms is also on the Star Wars Report. Yes. Yeah, so Just anyhow, <laughs> and thanks everyone who joined us via Periscope. We'll be back on Mixler soon. Uh, until next time, I'm Steve. This for Riley, for Bethany, for Teresa. Steve Clawson. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. Have a good one, everybody.